Last time, when the Fake Nerds talked about the Scott Pilgrim book series by Brian Lee O'Malley, Scott was hit with the infinite sadness when his ex that broke his heart, as in completely ripped it out of his chest, stomped on it with her six-inch stiletto shoes, and kicked it all over stage, gave her a call, and invited her to her show. But before he could get it together, he has to take on Todd and Roxy. So will Scott survive, or will he succumb to the infinite sadness? Find out in the Fickner Book Club of Scott Pilgrim, Volumes 3 and 4. Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness, and Scott Pilgrim gets it together. I'm Ben Magnet, and I'm here with my friend Sparks Witty and Ryan Eliopoulos, and we're here to talk about the, some Scott Pilgrim. Woohoo! Yeah, uh, Welcome back. Back again. Uh, yeah, once again, as is true of all the Scott Pilgrim books, it's all written and drawn by Brian Lee O'Malley, art uh, coloring by Nathan Fairbairn uh, for the color editions. Which I also read. Let's uh, uh, just broad strokes again. How you guys feel about volumes three and four? Ryan, I know you're the least familiar. Uh, not true. that you never read this, but. Turns out I didn't read volume. Turns out I didn't read volume four because I was like, I don't remember any of this shit. <laughs> uh, who's Lisa? Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I thought I does did. That mean, does that mean that every time you played the game and Knives' dad has shown up, you've just been like, the hell's up with that guy? I thought it was from the game. I thought it was a thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I totally. It's funny how memory works. <laughs> yeah. uh, reading books a long time ago. Because uh, I'm like, I was reading volume three and I'm like, yeah, some of this I don't remember, but I like, I get the broad strokes. And then volume four, I'm like, <laughs> wow look at all this history i'm learning so it's basically a brand new book for me uh it's fantastic uh uh it's i'm getting so much more that i wanted while still getting a great fun comic series uh the characters are still great the art's still great uh getting just deeper into everything is just so enjoyable uh and this book like not that i was surprised or anything like but like it's like kind of like man this book like has got a lot going on and it's like like i said last time like the emotional maturity that this book can have while also looking like a cartoon, you know, like comic book. Uh, it's really impressive. It's just, it's a, it's, I really like volume three, but I love, like, I love volume four. That's where we get into like the heavy duty stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Volume three is really good because of the stuff with Envy and Todd and everything. But then volume four just takes a unexpected turn and it's like, whoa, because the, a lot of the time you think of like, okay, yeah, let's see what there are. I feel like volume four is like the real, I don't want to say the flashpoint, but it's a but it is a turning point in the Scott Pilgrim mm -hmm. story where it's like it's not just, I mean, yes, you get the funny video game stuff, you get the fun, you get the stuff that's all hilarious. Like Scott couldn't believe um Ramona dated a girl for a while. And then it's it's it goes into really hardcore heavy themes, and it's just like you wouldn't expect this from a book like that where it's like it could st it still holds the the funny comedy haha moments but it could still talk about really difficult themes but in a way that doesn't um talk down to its audience sure yeah um i agree with everything you guys are saying uh i think volumes three and four are super good <laughs> I, I i really enjoy them <laughs> Um, three, I think, builds in a lot of uh, uh, what we'll we'll dig into with how much more complex there's there is uh, in envy mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. the surface level stuff you might expect. Um, a lot of the flashback stuff is really great. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll dive in on all that, and obviously, like four is doing a lot of Scott and Ramona focus. Yeah. Uh, and we'll we'll get into that. Um, so we'll start off at at volume three. 
um, with uh, being at the Clash at Demon Head, being at the concert. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we get obviously like a lot more focus on uh, the drummer. Yes, Cyborg Lady. Uh, yeah. Who's part of this. Um, again, like another sequence where a lot of what we get here about them being at the concert is is very much like what we have seen in the film. But like, um, obviously, like, but like gratuitously uh, expanded upon. Yeah, like oh, even yeah. more than I remember. Like, I don't, I don't remember it being like a multi-day prolonged event that Todd and Scott go through. Basically, instead of just being a fight, like they, they have like a fight at a supermarket. Uh, it's like it's fantastic. Oh yeah, I just mean the the initial opening. Oh yeah, the opening. Like the night it, that they're it. there, they're sitting in the back room all together. All the, gla the glare. Like, you've got the the drummer getting involved. She's the one who actually punches knives and yeah, like, yeah. different triggers for scott to uh jump up in uh attacking todd yeah um, who actually isn't really doing anything which no. is funny <laughs> yeah they're just kind of staring at each other yeah um yeah i love i love todd todd's such a, a goober um what a huge douche uh it's a lot of the character that you see in the in the movie but a little bit more um he's he's even dickier uh here um the things hit he's just just the hottest shit to ever. everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we get the really well explored through this volume stuff about um, Todd and Envy having been best friends. Since they were 11? Since they were 11, yeah. yeah. Since they were young. And it's funny because like, again, like like just going like from the movie, like none of that stuff explored. Uh, and in here, it's like, oh yeah, like we've known each other since we're 11. And like, we've been together since we were 11. So like, then you were cheating on me? Is that and so Scott's like now confronting that with Todd too, and it's like, oh man, all these people have so much baggage. It's awful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone, everyone treats somebody bad who then treats somebody else bad. It's just a vicious cycle of oh, yeah. people hurting people, and it's like, goodness gracious, guys, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead, Ben, jump in. Oh no, I was gonna say with the the whole stuff with Todd, the drummer, and the fact that Todd and Envy were together since they were eleven, that just throws in a whole lot of wrinkles. Um, that if you've just seen the movie, you wouldn't even expect. Because when I first read this book, and I was like, oh yeah, of course, I know about Envy, I know about Todd. And then just seeing like the whole sequence of between uh, Envy, or between Envy and Todd, and then Ramona and Todd, and it's like, wait, like when Envy, jumping ahead a little bit, when Envy's talking about how, like, Todd loves me, he punched a hole in the moon for me, and Robo's like, yo, he did that for me too. And yeah. then it breaks Natalie. And then when she turns around and she sees Todd come out with the drummer's panties on his head, it's yeah, just, Lord. it's, um, well, once again, I don't want to call it. That was Envy's Joker moment where she snaps. Yeah. But it's definitely a world shattering event for her. It's eye where, yeah. Where it's like, wait a minute. What, like what's going on here? And even then, well, it's like, well, if you've been with since everyone, if you've been with Todd since you were eleven, then what about all the the time that you were with Scott? And it's like, like you see Scott get vulnerable in these flashbacks, and also, I love the flashbacks in this book. Mm -hmm. I love how, um, for a good section, it goes a two page spread of what's happening in the present, and then a two page spread of the past, and it, it jumps back and forth, back and forth, mm -hmm. and then. When stuff gets more and more relevant, like you, like when you first meet her, she's like this anime nerd, um, introvert wearing a hoodie, like I'm just cold, just like you know, just like on a computer, leave me alone. And then I, you see her gradual, um, 
um, rise to becoming what she will, what she eventually will be of Clash of Demon Head. And it's like, it hurts to watch that. It yeah. hurts to see that. Because, you know, when in the beginning, it's like, you had so much promise and you were so cool. And yeah, like, like you said, Ryan, every character in this book has so much baggage. And I think the only one that maybe are the two characters who don't have a whole lot of baggage are Knives and Young Neil. Yeah, that's because they're the babies of the group. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I do want to talk like let's talk through the flashback stuff. A lot of the Natalie and Scott stuff. It's um, good. Uh, it is really good when when Natalie and Scott are first like getting to know each other. You have Julie there um, once again calling Scott on his shit. This is early Julie and Steven together, which is awesome. Yeah. And Julie's a little more relaxed. Again, she's really only shitty to Scott. Uh, because again, as we discussed in the movie discussion, which we've put up by now, so you should go check that out. Um, Julie's the only person who will call Scott on his shit. Mm. Uh, and that's true in the books. Um, and Julie here is the one who's saying, like, he's a total lady killer wannabe jerky jerk. And this is where we get, like, it's referenced in the film very well, too. It's a, the 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 time you uh, after psych in the ladies room with Monique, that was a misunderstanding. That time with Sandra in the ladies room at Burwash, not what it looked like. Yeah. Um, and Scott has an excuse for everything. And this is a post Kim Pine Scott. So we know how he is about the way that he's negligent about these details and like plays, plays off this idea that that's who he is. Yeah. This also, this, these two volumes really highlight just how like detached Scott is yes. from like his emotions. Oh yeah. Like like hardcore more than the first two. Cause like it's it's when him, him and Ramona are getting closer together, you know, like the stuff, the band with the stuff with their band is progressing. And he just like he just seems to like not care, but like not not intentionally. He's just like aloof. He's just constantly aloof. And it's like, dude, just pay attention to your life. Pay attention to the people around you. I, I and don't it's, like it's so crazy. I don't think any volume goes harder up to this point than four on like Scott just blatantly not remembering details. Oh yeah, uh, so and much like sometimes they're important ones, and sometimes they're they're nonsensical ones. How many like times will he forget that Jason Kim has a car? How many yes. times? And he's met him four times. <laughs> Who's Jason Kim? Uh, he's the guy with the car. Hey, I know a guy with a car. Yeah, <laughs> like Scott. Uh, yeah, he's he just doesn't. He's not engaged. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is he's just he's totally dissociated himself out of his own life to the point where he's like just not connected to it. What I really like, and I don't want to get into this too much or jump ahead too much, but um, that I'm looking forward to is that when you're reading the flashbacks with Natalie and Scott, it sure feels like things escalate very quickly on Natalie's end. Like she just seems to start just like pushing Scott away and pushing Scott away and pushing Scott away. And what I love is we're going to get to later and we're going to see Envy's flashbacks. Mm, that's cool. And we're going to see the mm -hmm. gaps that this is very much Scott's perspective. So it's not, of one, how it's Natalie, not one sided. Mm -hmm. it's, you're not necessarily going to see the other side of moments. Yeah. yeah. But you're, you're going to see more of the in-betweens of these flashbacks. Of how, how she did where, have this happen. Where Scott yeah. has removed things he did. Of course. Um, and only sees it as himself being a victim of Natalie being terrible. And that's all you see in these flashbacks, which is, which is well articulated. makes you really hate Natalie. Uh, thinks she's like really shitty. And she's like, Oh, Scott is like kind of a shitty person, but he's a shitty person because of Natalie. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's Scott's own internal narrative, even to an extent where he excuses some of his behavior because he's like, well, Envy was really shitty to me. Yeah. Uh, and but, this is, this is where that comes from. It's very selective. Yeah. In, uh, mm -hmm. in his 
own remembering of these flashbacks what triggers him and that's what and that's that is how memory works like you you remember your side of the situation uh and you don't always put other people's uh perspectives into that uh Mm -hmm. a page that you were looking a couple pages ago from um when he first tells her that he loves her and he's like was that a bad idea just don't don't worry about it forget i said anything and she just gives him a look i'm like oh man this is yeah she's just looking away from this is not gonna work yeah yeah yeah, she doesn't the second he said that and she doesn't even acknowledge it or anything it's like ah doomed just 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 like Gurr just popped up and starts singing the doom song because yeah yeah when you tell someone yeah yeah, because like the second you tell someone that you love them and you don't hear anything back and they're just like silent it's like oh no that's that that's not good you get it that's like that's like that dude on tiktok with the giant red flag just waving it around i i think that I, I like that it's on a double page spread where you get the the night uh, a nighttime thing that's like that where it's the one where she says start calling me envy and mm-hmm. then the one where excuse me he says he loves her bless you <laughs> excuse me um the one where he says he loves her and she doesn't respond which really ties into the mm-hmm. idea like uh, she stopped she stopped liking being called Natty Natalie and then she stopped liking me yeah um and they really frame it like call me envy is like this super villain moment in yeah. scott's life for him which isn't true and you can tell mm-hmm. like scott really does like her like mm-hmm. he actually does like really care for her yeah. uh and like hey it's our eighth month anniversary and she's like you remember those kind of things that's so silly and he's like am i the girl in this relationship and she's like you totally are and i'm like this is not a healthy relationship yeah, there is nope. an amount of scott was shitty before envy and, and i know this because of later books yeah, yeah. And things like that but there is also an amount of you see like even though this is Scott being selective and, and memory stuff, these are the things Scott is focused on. And so these are the things that Scott has internalized about himself. Yeah. Um, and, and Carrie's like, I need to avoid these things. So like remembering something important, like an anniversary, keeping track of those things. Yep. Yep. Oh, that makes me the bitch. Yep. I better not do that anymore. Yep. Um, so it's just how Scott shaves away at these things to completely emotionally disconnect. Uh, one of my favorite things about volume three yeah. is uh, the bonding of Wallace Wells and Ramona Flowers over mm. their mutual hatred of Envy Adams. Yeah. Um, the way they love <laughs> to hate her so much. This line cracks me up. Uh, <laughs> Ramona, I love you. I love you forever. Uh, and I have dipping sauce and I'll forever be your dipping sauce, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, what a weird thing to say to someone. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, is it Wallace who tells us like let's be friends based on mutual hate? Yeah, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, it's just like just that line. It's like you know what? I have um, met people, especially at my job, where we both don't like a certain person, and then we just become friends because we don't like said certain person. It's like, and it, it is pretty much as like we are friends because of our mutual dislike slash hatred of a certain supervisor or a super or a certain person. It's just hilarious. Yeah, it's it's fun to do. I won't say it's healthy, but it is fun no. to do. <laughs> um, we get a lot of Ramona's uh, flashes around her head. Um, they're peaking up uh, increasingly across these two volumes. Um, whenever she's getting like really annoyed, really ticked off with Scott, um, her flashing is going on, um, which seems to be just like a, a cue signal. I know what it is, but I what, but what I'm going to say is it's a cue signal for Ramona uh, kind of like debating leaving scott yeah mm-hmm. um and like is scott really where i want to be and that kind of thing and and scott picks up on it too yeah yeah uh speaking of the wallace and ramona stuff when we get later in in volume three 
she's in the full on fight with Envy and and uh, Envy's got the whole bit where uh, she's like, are you going to hide behind Wallace all night? And she and she's like, I'm not hiding behind him. He's like, oh, excuse me. Was no. I in the way? Yeah. <laughs> and like, and he's like, oh, never mind. I got to go pee. And she's like, no, wait, I'm enjoying our friendship. We're bonding. <laughs> they're 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 really great. I'm glad they're, they're a good pair. Yeah, they I hope there's more of them being friends in the future. Yeah. Um, I find this uh, line just really se selectively strong. Um, I'm sure I'll start liking you again in the morning. Yes. Um, because while Scott is being Scott, um, in this particular instance, it's just kind of Scott's baggage around Envy coming out in full. Yeah. And uh, Ramona's weighing a lot of that on him. But I won't say like Scott has necessarily been shitty this night. And Ramona's just kind of like fucking done yeah, yeah. with him. Mm hmm. Which is really sad. Uh, to just continue how bad Natalie is at this current moment. Um, she doesn't remember who Neil is when she definitely knew him. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that was Neil? Oh, haha, oops. I guess he's dating the wrong girl. Uh, right as, as you know, Knives after Knives got punched her yeah, the highlights out. Uh, <laughs> Ramona's like, I think we should get out of here. And Scott's, give me a second. My life is flashing before my eyes. <laughs> there's a lot of Scott. I took a lot of pictures of. There's so many moments where, where Scott is, oops. He's like in panic mode. He's just always like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to feel. And I'm like, Scott, you're always like this. I feel like he trips up and locks up a lot um, under uh, Envy's presence. Yeah, and that's that's really pronounced. Um, also, with the flashback stuff, we get flashbacks of Wallace. Yeah. And how Scott and Wallace came to know each other. College, uh, mm -hmm. which is great. And that Scott's parents love Wallace. Mm -hmm. um, and it does feel like you only get like between the lines stuff on this, but it does feel like Wallace seemed to have been in a spot where he needed support and a family. Yeah. And Scott's family did that. So Wallace is kind of in turn returning the favor on Scott. Yes. Mm -hmm. For what his family and Scott to an extent did for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not that he doesn't like Scott. Yeah. But there very much is a pattern of him being like, can I crash at your place? This kind of stuff. The family feeding him, taking care of him, loving him. Uh, that Wallace is now returning. Mm -hmm. Which I think is really cute and gets yeah. built up very well. Uh, let's talk about the supermarket. Honest Ed's? Yeah, Honest Ed's supermarket. Just hilarious. Um, this existential horror of Honest Ed's uh, sales and everything going on inside. Uh, an interesting concept for the, where they would fight. And one of my favorite panels is both the reference to eat the Evil Dead cabin that's at the top yeah. with the talking clocks uh, to Scott. And then at the bottom of that page is like Todd going fading fast. I always thought I would father. I tried my hardest to please you father. <laughs> All the repressed traumas coming out in this 99 cent store. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. In particular makes me think of, I hear Matt Berry's voice. Oh, sure. Cause of IT crap. Yeah. yeah. Father. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I really, I really love Todd, uh, falling apart inside of this place, constructing a rifle from household items to attack Scott. He MacGyver's And then yeah. just like falling yeah. apart as he has flashback memories, which is where we get our first actual, uh, uh, full talking moment with Gideon. Yeah. Uh, Gideon shows up in one of Todd's flashbacks about, uh, using his vegan powers on Scott. We also in there find out about, uh, him sleeping with the drummer as well. The cyborg. Yeah. And Todd goes nuts. He's not also there's well there's a rule in the second phase of the fight when they're in, in honest ads are like 
Todd, you can't use your you can't use your superpowers because yeah. like it's, Scott wouldn't have a chance. And there's a great line. Um, it's kind of sad. Uh, so uh, Todd's handicap is he can't use his powers. And then Wallace is like, so what's Scott's handicap? Envy says Scott's handicap is that he isn't a survivor. And I'm like, damn, oh, yeah, that's. And Wallace calls her an unbelievable bitch. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, we're so cool. Uh, but Scott makes it. He puts together like a power suit, wearing like gloves and, and, and glasses and stuff, and he makes it out of there luckily because uh, Scott uh, uh, Todd cheated. Yeah, like, like yeah. No, that whole, the whole thing out of honest the fight in honest Eds was just like it's obviously the whole book is it's weird, but it's a fun weird, especially yeah. like where you you flash back and to see what's what Todd is going through, which I feel like this is one of the first times where we really look inside the mind of an evil ex of what has happened to them. Yeah. Whereas going back to say Matthew Patel and Lucas Lee, they're just kind of one note in a, in a in a sense where they're just like, yeah, we like Ramona talks about how they dated or what they did when they were dating, and then and it's they're there for the fight and they go away. Whereas uh, Todd and eventually Roxy going into Volume Four, they're around for a lot longer. It's not just like a, a sliver at the very end of the book or anything. Yeah, and they're expanded upon. Like so looking into Todd's life, we're seeing like his dad being a very disappointed in him about like or being like that kind of a hole dad, where it's like, oh, you could never be a vegan. It's like thinking it's like, oh, you want to go to vegan academy? You're not going to survive there. It's like, wow, what a uh, un, what a unbelievable prick. And then seeing the clip of him over the drummer essentially seducing him is like, dude, she's never going to know. And it's just like, oh, he, yeah, so. He's also a super shitty person. Like it's this is the first time where uh, Evil X has more death than they're just like I did Ramona for this is why we did it. I'm part of the Evil X's. I want to try and win her back. Oh no, we fight and I lose. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh, Todd's father did did a number on him, sending him to Vegan Academy. Not mm -hmm. thinking he's good enough. Yeah, yeah. And then also having people like supporting that not like like him being bad like like you just said with the drummer like hey let's do something bad who's gonna find out who cares i'm like mm -hmm. you don't have to you could just say no yeah and even later on the episode or in the episode <laughs> i almost called it the episode or i did call it the episode later on the book or the volume when it's the, just the band members of clash of demon head they're at this bistro natalie goes to the restroom and um the drummer i think her name is amanda or something I could be wrong. And Cyborg Lady, they're talking. Yeah, she's a cyborg. Yeah, you know, Cyborg Lady is talking. And she's like, she has no idea what gelato is, huh? Like, Doesn't gelato have uh, milk and eggs? And Todd's just saying blatantly, he's like, yeah, I'm breaking vegan rules, but as long, but I'm a rock. He's definitely that I'm a rock star dick mentality where no one can touch me, no one can hurt me. I can do whatever I want. I'm rich. Rules and I'm don't apply to me. Exactly, rules don't apply. And then he, he instantly starts making out with the drummer. And it's like, yeah, she doesn't know. It's like, oh yeah, even though I have I have these vegan powers, but I'm also not vegan. Where it, you know, it expands a lot about because in the movie it's a very fun little thing where he's like, Jalal is not vegan. And it's like, eggs, bitch. Yeah. Whereas in but the movie, knows. it yeah, in the movie it's really funny because it's a it's a quick a few notes and then that's it. Cause once again, the the movie trunk um squishes in all the fights whereas this one you expand of how todd knowingly knows he's been breaking vegan law and vegan rules and he just doesn't give a shit because he, like he said he's like i'm a rock star i'm not afraid to hit a girl i'm not afraid to do x y and z yeah and like he's blatantly kissing the cyborg lady just like out and like out in the open too 
like when this mm-hmm. envy leaves and i'm like you have like no you have like no regard for anybody bud like you're 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 like one of the worst ones here because like she mm-hmm. could just walk in at any moment right. um, yeah i don't know how you don't know she have panties on your head like come on bro come on bro Is it because of all the gel in your hair Who knows? what are you doing man <laughs> yeah um I, I was just trying to find her name. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like something Lin. Con. I think they literally mention it once. They mention it once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, they they mention it the one time and then never. But uh, once again, I also. Oh. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say one of the things I do enjoy about the book, because after rereading this and of course watching the movies, so um, in in hindsight, it's like man, I kind of it's like one of those things I was talking I was talking about when we were talking about the movies. Like now that I know the books and the fit and the, the correspondence it's like it would have been really funny or it would have added a little bit more to todd's character had they explored um his you know being a total dick and also him cheating with the drummer because the drummer is just there in the background of the movie yeah and if, once again but once again the books you have more time to expand you have more time to work on it it's 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 different i 100 percent understand they hit they can't squish everything into that movie um but once again i really like how the evil exes are starting to get more of a character and they're not just one-offs. Yeah. Um, to Lucas Lee's credit, uh, Lucas Lee is the first that like gives us that hint of Ramona being a cheater too, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff coming up um, and being here in the story uh, of the way she was with Todd and like what that meant. Um they do uh, one of my favorite things, uh, which is for the first time, Ramona finally goes, let's just blow this off. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And he's like, what? And it's like, yeah, let's just not go. We don't have to do this. Like, let's just not go. And, and they do, um, mm-hmm. which still results in Ramona being pent up and angry at, about Envy. So she talks about Todd. Uh, uh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Like Scott's like when when she says with Bale, Scott's, are you sure it'll be OK? Dude, come on. We're shirking duties randomly made up by people who hate us. Like, let's just leave. And I'm like, that's a great point. You don't have to do this. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I love I, all the flashback stuff with with Natalie and like and like the band and uh Kid Chameleon. All that stuff is so yeah. great. And like mm-hmm. I'm now really excited to know that there is more like context for the for the Scott side of it. Uh uh, because like I'm just like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, man, Natalie really turned for what feels like no reason. And I'm like, after you said that, I'm like, of course, because we only have one side of the story kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, uh uh she's wearing like $900 boots and all this stuff. And I'm just like, Oh that's, man, <laughs> that's why you have that moment. You have the moment in the, in the rain where Envy's like, do you want to just talk? Like, do you want to talk like people? Do you want to talk like normal people? And then Scott says, have Natalie, have we ever talked like normal people? And I'm like, Oh, ouchies. <laughs> but that's again, also comes from Scott's perspective, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is like uh, very much her. They're giving you, they're giving you the insight of like, Envy's more than what you're being told Envy is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, from this perspective. Like, you are being hit with, she's this heinous bitch. Mm-hmm. This is the narrative Wallace has. Wallace has this from watching Scott do it and go through it. But again, very deeply on Scott's side when that was happening. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure he didn't like her. Like, he just doesn't like her. And yeah. that's fine. But that's informing it. It's feeding to Ramona. But, like, there are a lot of other people who are fine with Natalie. Yeah. Uh, and and it, that's notable too uh, that that is there and like yes she's she's a bitch don't get me wrong like she's a bitch but but we have to call into question how much of her being a bitch now is a reaction to Scott 
That's true. Uh, and we'll learn more uh, at mm-hmm. some point. But I, uh, but I do really like how they give you just like this is from her perspective, and like these, it, it's not to say these moments aren't true again. Yeah, these moments happened. These moments happened exactly as you're seeing them. You're just only seeing these moments, not the other moments. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you've got the J- oh. are you cheating on me moment. Yeah. Um, Some guy J- Jacob <laughs> called like, yeah, he he calls me sometimes. I'm like, oh, well, well, why? Who is yeah. he? Are you, are you cheating? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's really there's a sadness. There's a great sadness, an infinite sadness. sadness. In in the way that Scott is encountering these moments with Natalie, the way she's treating him, mm-hmm. like it's it's easy to to feel bad for what Natalie's putting Scott through because it it's it's shitty. The way yeah. she treats him is shitty. Um, I want to highlight it's just one of my favorite little bits, and I'm and I'm right here at it, uh, which is when Kim's saying, "Can you believe that I might actually have a date?" And Stephen and Scott have to look at each other for a moment and be like. You're a hell of a catch, Kim. You're a damn fine <laughs> woman, Kim. Damn fine. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm trying to rally. And it turns out she actually doesn't have a date. No, she doesn't have She's a just making a costume. Yeah. Uh, uh for their band for the band gig. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that bit. Um Oh yeah, the the, the, the two whole the the two moon punch is a great bit. Yeah. Uh, you get you get Ramona really wanting to know more about Kim. Mm-hmm. She likes Kim, thinks Kim's mm-hmm. cool, wants to know their history. Yeah. Scott ain't got shit. And when he gets frustrated about it, he lays it out the way he does in that movie, which is true. How he but beat it's up the a 96 way he goes guys. about it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Just yelling about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's really that that is such a great scene because, yeah, uh, just it shows again how Scott will just not remember anything. Right. And just like, and like, Kim is an important person in his life. And like, he's kind of like, skirting like like the things that he did but also like what what brought them closer together and he's just like yeah she was just like a girl in my class and like i don't know she followed me around she was in a band she was in my band you know she played drums i think and was like hi scott come on dude like and and we did our movie discussion already but this is a good moment to still highlight like a lot of bits and jokes that you see in this volume and the fourth volume are worked into that movie but maybe in different ways yeah lots of different lots of lines for ways that adapt them better yeah for the t- format of the film yeah yeah um mm-hmm. which i think is pretty good uh i gotta highlight the um when she does the flashback about todd hitting the moon for her mm-hmm. and he's like you're my hot little bitch baby i'm gonna prove my love to you and oh, like, oh God, that todd. line i also took a picture of that line. that line was so gross <laughs> so gross <laughs> just so like gross. just like todd being like the supreme bad boy and just like demeaning ramona in that way and then punching a hole in the moon to, to quote unquote prove his love to her and then going the flashback with natalie where he's a little bit different i i don't think the uh, correct me if i'm wrong but there's no word bubbles with him and natalie when they were kids it's just natalie's uh monologue about talking about it, like yeah we were kids and then he got shipped off to vegan academy then he came back for a little bit then he got shipped off again and now he's back with me and it's just one of these like what is up with this dude? Mm-hmm. They they definitely they talk in the flashbacks, but it's not like it's it's not like a whole lot. But they right. do talk. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're talking for the Natalie and Todd bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do talk. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, Cr- Crash and the boys show up again, but they they've like mastered time and space and music, so they they don't even need the instruments anymore. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I love that. So it's much. so silly. We're gonna help you, Scott. Don't worry. It's pretty yeah, they they become oh. friends. It's like how did that happen? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh there there are certain um 
like I didn't take a picture. Can you find? I just showed it to you. It's like it's like the white, like the white stark background image. Yeah. Um, when something really dramatic happens in this volume, and it's happened before, but like not to this extent. Um, uh, the art shifts, and it's like it's one of those. It's we talked about it in the last two volumes, where like it'll be like a completely like blank, is, uh... blank page to show how like how like dramatic the emotions are. Yeah. Like when some like when this, this page, is the bit where she finds mm -hmm. out that he punched the hole for Ramona. Yeah, and like yeah. it's like her entire world is shattered, and like the art changes, the color changes, like it, it like you really feel it. Uh, and I'm like, man, oh, yeah. like Brian Lee O'Malley is so good at like making you focus on like this is a important dramatic moment for somebody. Which which uh is is O'Malley capturing um an aesthetic from manga and anime. Yeah, with mm -hmm. with the way that he stylizes the panel. Oh. Um, which I think is really good, but, yeah. but like he's interpreting it his own way here. Ramona and Envy fight, which is a great fight. Looks so it looks so good in color too. Man, gosh, the oh, inspiration yeah. for the Roxy Ramona fight. Yeah, uh, with the hammer. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great fight. I really love her getting completely fed up, and and again Wallace supporting her. Break her horsey old face. Excuse me. <laughs> like she's so angry <laughs> that Wallace suggesting that Wallace just throwing her off all the time. Um, yeah, she's easily distracted. Ramona. She's only got a little brain. <laughs> nice shows up in this fight too to help her out to help Ramona out. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, her. that's a great bit when knives. Uh, gets into the fight um and whoop kicks over at envy knocks the hammer away yeah uh, i love that multiple times she tries to insult envy and she tries to insult clash of demon hand she's like their music sucks and she's like no it doesn't i hate yeah. your music no i love your music yeah, like yeah, she yeah. can't help it because like it's, music's it's, not that good yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i love that nice nice continues to be such a great character and like seeing her like weeble and wobble and like oh are you gonna go over scott no i still love him i'm like oh such a 17 year old oh. yeah exactly um, i only want his happiness yeah uh mm -hmm. when she crashes into the wall it's really important to acknowledge again like as a difference because it's easy for people to think about the movie um that knives knows that he cheated on her at this point like mm -hmm. these things are made with that knowledge yeah these decisions. Oh, here's another one of those. Yes, I love uh, it. As you said about uh, Ramona, this is when Envy tells Ramona that she she mentions Gideon yeah. in his place by name. Oh, yeah. You, you've been to New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah, Chaos Theater. Uh, the, the Chaos Theater, which is Gideon's theater. Um, mm -hmm. And Ramona gets all locked up on that. Uh, because we mentioned Knives, we got to highlight uh, Scott being a good person for a moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's such a good moment. And, like, trying. Uh, he doesn't 100% succeed, but he tries, which is where he sees Knives really sad, and he debates walking away, Yeah, as we've seen Scott walk away before. And Scott goes mm -hmm. over and he talks to, to Knives, and he, he tries to be really supportive and everything. And Knives immediately takes that as this is me we can get back together and he's like whoa no um yeah. but but he just wants to make sure that knives is okay this is like yeah i don't i'm not gonna say the first moment because my memory is bad with all these books but like one of the first moments where scott really tries to like be good and like mm -hmm. do something and like not not skirt away from responsibility or emotions and he's like yeah I, I I know I'm gonna sit down to this girl that I hurt and I'm gonna say, hey, I'm sorry that I hurt you. And yeah, like, you is, are like you deserve better than me and stuff. This is a really important moment because you can argue that with Envy present, and this is not long after Envy did her whole do you want to talk like normal people bit yeah. to Scott and Scott's kind of taking a lot of this into consideration that like I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Scott's considering that he can be Envy to knives. Yes. And that he doesn't want to be that. Um, of all things, he doesn't want to be someone's, and envy. that he can recognize that is like yeah. is like yeah. such a little like a, a little like a plus five moment. Yeah, it's a big uh, it's a big step, and like he's acknowledging that like 
the way Envy treated Knives, who loved Envy so much as like a, a pop star, uh, was so shitty. Yeah, and it makes yeah. him so angry that Knives got treated that way. And like, it, it's a good, it's a good human moment from Scott. And I think you're right. Mm-hmm. It's like the first good, responsible thing Scott does yeah. uh, in the present timeline in the books. But but oh, to yeah. your point of like. <laughs> Him doing that for knives as she's walking away. I still love you. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> it's not. But that's not Scott's fault. Like Scott. No, I know. Scott's trying <laughs> to be supportive of knives and like be a good person. Yeah, and, yeah. And take some responsibility here. Um, and he and he doesn't say like no. We like oh play it vague. He's like no, we're not getting back together. That's not. Yeah, he didn't like play that's not the thing. Yeah. He didn't like try to make it. And in between, like whoa, this uh, that's just a complicated question, right? But he said no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Knives is a 17-year-old girl and takes the, the smallest amount of positive affirmation from Scott to mean there's still a chance yeah. uh, because yeah. that's how teenagers are. Yeah. Um, and so and so that's where she is. But I also think it's important that as she says that, like there's still an amount of it's still big for knives to do that and then attack uh envy. Mm-hmm. And when Ramon asks why say it's because i only want him to be happy yeah yeah. that's also a big that's a big thing because it's knives saying like even if it's with you that's what i prefer Mm -hmm. um which is that's also massive yeah uh, and an important character step for knives Mm -hmm. yeah um i love uh we do get like their outfits we find out that are in the end of the movie they come from this show where they play Um, oh yeah the black black sex bomb outfits Yeah. yeah yeah um which i think is great the band in black it's a good it's a good visual use that they they had them there um and these outfit costs like 50 million dollars yeah it's not <laughs> give me a break uh oh yeah crash and the boys you said crash and the boys uh they actually had a uh, hostile takeover it's the boys and crash the boys yeah and crash yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, they've changed now. I got like power gloves. Yeah. Uh, never forget that you still have uh, Joseph, Holly's gay roommate. In oh, the background. he's just whipping out silly um, bangers left and right. Uh, I'm here for Todd Ingram. He's still, he's not even hot anymore after he like hits a woman and then he's like, yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, good reuse of that joke. Um, I did want to highlight uh, one of the flashbacks in particular. It's a really important thing where envy is the reason why Scott had to switch to base yeah oh yeah scott yeah. was not playing base before envy made him that's true that's true mm-hmm. which is also a really major thing um uh because he was the drummer mm-hmm. before uh and he was forced to switch to base yeah and that sucks that's still something that's weighing on like scott's still the bassist in their band even mm-hmm. after so you know that's like a factor on scott yeah that's true uh which i thought was just that's that's an important thing yeah. Uh, which I liked. Um, better. Uh, you mentioned we uh, a little vol- bit of Stacey oh. Pilgrim, not a ton in Volume Three. No, not much. very, very brief appearance yeah, yeah. of Stacey Pilgrim. Uh, Stacey Pilgrim's a Superman fan. Oh yeah, this is one of those ones, Ben. I wanted to ask you because, like, I've reread these books and, like, I still can't figure out if this is supposed to be relevant. Um, there's the part where Michael uh, Como shows Scott his ring. Hey, check out my ring, and it's like a skull inside that says "Scott." I don't know. Right, and then we just move on. Even I, when I got to that part, I'm just like, "What was the point of that?" I even I'm trying to like wrap my brain about. I was like, "Like, what was the point of that whole thing?" Was like a Kurt. It was just even I agree. I was like, "That was weird. That didn't need to be there." I was for a split second. I was like, "Is this gonna like come back to haunt?" us later on down the line and it was like nope 
I've tried to figure out if it's in connection to like when Scott needs his one up or anything like that, but I I cannot. It could life of me remember any of that. It honestly could just be like a reference that's like like an old reference that we don't know. Possibly. Yeah. yeah, it just it's it's so weird because usually like so much of this I find either is a a reference that is very clear and direct in the way it's presented, yeah, or is uh important to the story, and yeah. I don't know what this one is. Well. One uh, there's a reference that that we that neither of us neither on the movie or the the uh, mm-hmm. well we haven't gotten to it but um there's a in with the vegan police they have a zoom ray that's like a, from like an old 50s sci-fi movie sure. but like that's not something any of us would remember so like there are more references that just like we might not catch and mm-hmm. I just don't think they would throw this out there I, for random I agree with you it's yeah. it's more that this one gets a focus it does yeah uh, like like a two panel focus that I don't think we normally do when there's something more like this yeah, yeah it usually feels like that will be story relevant but i'm telling you i don't know yeah, how yeah. it could be um maybe maybe it pops up and we still remember yeah uh yeah i just wanted to, to check on your thoughts um yeah we're getting uh oh uh natalie's been talking about ramona a lot uh and her history in new york that's bothering ramona yeah why she wants to kick her ass mm-hmm. uh yeah, it's it's uh, God. There's so many good panels of their fight together. It's extremely well done. The art is gorgeous. Yeah, I love that. Oh page. yeah, That's a good page. Uh, yeah, I I love I love the way that it goes down, especially with Envy uh, coming back around on uh, Ramona and then Scott getting involved. Um, God, Envy, like, can she be more evil than squishy, squish, squish, squish? Squish, 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 squish. Yeah. Um, what the hell, Envy? Murder on the uh, line. Yeah. Uh, so the bit from um, I, I think we referenced this in the in the movie discussion, but the bit with Roxy's leg that actually belongs to Envy Natalie. and Scott. Uh, he touches the back of her knee, and she completely falls apart. Flop. Uh, uh, which Ramona doesn't want to know anything more about. Todd's cheating. Hold on, go back to the space. Todd's cheating on you with your drummer. You stupid. You stupid hoe. Yeah. Oh, is not a word you hear very often anymore. No, like that not. was a big. That was much. That was a two thousands word for sure. Um, yeah. I really like the like the the sweet in, in comparison to like Ramona's like uh, flashback narratives. The very like uh, childhood love that that was taken away. Sweetness of yeah. the artistry for Envy's flashbacks about Todd. And I like in uh-huh. the color and pink. All yeah. of the yeah. In the color edition, uh, the Ramona flashbacks blue and Envy's is red. And I'm like, that's that's nice. Yeah, it looks, mm-hmm. looks nice. Um. And yeah, then we get into uh, Envy and and Todd fighting with each other. She uses the hammer against Todd. They cut off the cyborg uh, ar- lady's arm. It's like, hey, do you want a new arm? And uh, Envy, you're my girl. Oh, Todd, let's both be girls. <laughs> they, use on, they use it on Gideon, right? Movie. Yeah, it's on Gideon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really like it. You also get his. Uh, this is where he hits a woman. And he says, "I'm not afraid to hit a girl. I'm a rock star. Mm-hmm. I'm a rock star." Uh, yeah. Um, and I love uh, the boys in Crash giving Scott the support yep. in the base battle. I think that's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and yeah, it does come down to just the vegan police need to show up at just the right moment to put a stop to Todd, which they do. <laughs> I, I need a dance ex machina. Vegan police! <laughs> the de-veganizing Ray, I can dodge this, but he couldn't. It's like, <laughs> it's a whole tone going against him. Like, I can dodge this. No, he can't. That area of nope. effect's too big. Yeah. yeah um no the very the very silliness of the the uh hair swooping down being sad i think that's really good oh yeah mm-hmm. um 
And this is how Scott gets his one up. This is why I was like, it's supposed to be some connection between the ring and this. And like, I, I can't parse it, but like, I do think it's relevant that it's in the same scene. Sure. Scott sees it, this death ring and also gets another life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, this moment, again, also something that was different in the movie here. Um, it's much more, it, it's much more in an accomplishment of beating Todd. Yeah. Which is an interesting interpretation of why this is the point he gets the one up. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe because it's, it's, it's not just defeating Todd, but like also Envy's involved. So it's like, it is like a much bigger defeat than just an ex-boyfriend. I, I'd be willing to go with an argument that like, because it's also the moment with knives. Yeah. There's an amount of responsibility he's taking for the right now mm -hmm. that he's trying to take charge of. Uh, and like, that's the first step. Yeah. So like, uh, and certainly like going from this into volume four, that follows up that Scott's trying to kind of get his life together. He's trying to get a lot. So the one up does thematically work here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it's quite as stark as the, the I'm getting a life. Uh, it's not as like dramatic. In, yeah. 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 Uh, in the, in the film. Um, they get to play the show, which is also cool. Uh, this is just a nice thing. I love those outfits. Um, and again, uh, we get the hints that uh, Gideon is there. Yeah. And Scott sees him in the distance. Uh, and he's being asked about how they play and he has nothing to say. Oof. Uh, yeah. I, I, I really like the way that all comes together. Any other thoughts on, on some of that stuff there that we just went over the whole kind of ending clash with Todd and, Envy and all that. I, oh, oh, oh! One other moment. Sorry, real quick that I wanted to highlight this night. Uh, Stephen is so nervous that oh, he's throwing up in the bathroom, nonstop and throwing up like nobody's business. And Scott is the worst. Yeah, uh, he says, um, "Oh man, what dude? You're actually puking." And he's like, "Yeah, have you have you seen Julie?" And he's like, "What Julie? No, I don't. I don't care. I can't believe you're puking. Can you find her? I think she's mad at me. Whatever. Have fun throwing up, Dick. I'll catch you later on." And then he's when he walks out, he's just like. Yeah, hey, cool. Uh, yeah, I guess he's vomiting. Bye. Like zero just disregard a, just a for highlight his of yeah Scott being a shitty friend. So yeah. like as we give him his flowers and praises for how he treats knives, let's also remember that Scott's being pretty shitty to Stephen still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I like how um, <laughs> my catch is climbing the box. Uh, Gideon is like not a character yet, really, but like his presence is kind of like being more felt and felt through, like as we get closer to his uh, his you know his his own book. Yes. Uh, and that's like, that's like, because we know, we know Ramona's past, but we don't know a lot about it. And we're also getting more info on her and how it's tied to Gideon. Is it volume four that we get the flash that we get where he's inside her mind? Yes. Okay. Then I'll wait to talk about volume four. But yeah, I like how the imposing, uh, like, uh, history of Gideon is like slowly creeping into the story as well. Cause like, clearly that's a big thing for Ramona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, at the end, uh, and Natalie leaves, um, and she says, see you next time. And he, Scott is kind of disappointed. There wasn't more closure to it. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that, which Wallace and Ramona let him have, but they, they're moving on into summer. Um, each time before we move to volume four, did you guys want to talk at all about, uh, the, the little bits at the end? Um, there are two extra stories. Uh, I mean, if, yeah, like it's, uh, the, the fight where he fights a bunch of like, like poster ladies. So obviously fun. that one is a trap. We now know yeah. based on volume four set by, uh, knives father. Yeah. Um, to attack Scott. And again, uh, as I referenced when we did the discussion on the movie, but in case you didn't watch that, um, this is where you get Ramona 
fighting for Scott behind him to fight the girls because Scott's uncomfortable about it, uh -huh. uh, which is recreated in the film quite well, I yeah, think. Yeah. For the Roxy We're in fight. a fantastic portrait. And uh, just uh, Wallace and Ramona both being exhausted by Scott because Scott can't pick a drink and they do all the cute stuff here. I'm sure Ben loves this with all the stats on the drinks, yeah. right, Ben? Oh, of course. Like I a video do. game. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to... Yeah, there just... it is. Yeah, and in nutrition facts, you get all your statistics, your uh, yeah. plus one strength, minus one uh, speed, all that stuff. It's always cool. Yeah. Like, I love these collected editions, not just because they're in color, but, like, they give you... They give you so much bonus stuff, not just stories, but like tons of sketches and like, oh, here's the, here's yeah. an idea that I had or deleted scenes. Like, uh, mm -hmm. it's a great little. Or package. you get the stuff that's from the free comic because like this story that um, we're talking about right now was from the free comic day issue that came out. And which they make cute jokes about like uh, about things supposed to be free today and things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, a really small story about Kim's shitty roommates is here. Uh, the wonderful world of Kim Pine. Um, mm -hmm. And I think this one's particularly notable. The style changes up. Yeah, it's still O'Malley, and these are O'Malley's colors. It's more like chibi. Uh, this is O'Malley yeah. coloring it specifically. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's a little interesting window. This, of course, leads into Volume Four. Kim moving out. Uh, all mm -hmm. her roommates are trash. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very obvious. Yeah, I, yeah. I really kind of like the style change with Kim's story because I don't know what it is. But just seeing chibi versions of Kim and her roommates just going through the motions, it's always like, I know this is like, her roommates are horrible, but this is really cute. And I like this. I thought, I just thought it was like a nice little change of pace. Then also, of course, it does lead into volume four, which is really nice. And I just, honestly, I kind of like it. I, no, I'm not saying that maybe I want a full, vo a full volume or a full book in that style, but I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a nice it was little a fun you know what? It was? it was a fun little ca uh, palette cleanser before we got into O'Malley's regular art. Which, once, which one of the things I also want to talk about really quick is you can see I like as you're reading. If you put volume the art of volume one next to the art of say volume three and four, you can tell O'Malley is a lot more comfortable drawing these characters in the in the style. Because when I was reading something I didn't bring up when we were talking about volume one is how we know like we see like like the sketch like the sketches behind you it's like yeah that's definitely a brian leo miley style but then when you look at the art in volume one it's like hmm the characters just feel a little off and then the more you go into it, it's like okay they're more refined they're more um i guess you could say he's more comfortable it's kind of yeah. like when you when you pick up a um a manga for the, like the first few pages or the first few volumes of a manga compared to the last few pages the characters are more refined their lines are sharper and it's like okay they've really you could see their style the artist styles essentially evolve as the book Absolutely. goes on into the final product which you're 100 comfortable with and then you look at because if i know if you put the art between volume six and volume one while it is the same artist it's like oh wow he got i don't want to say he got better but he definitely got more comfortable drawing these characters yeah. into a style that's more of his own that's a that's a really good point ben and that's that honestly that's that's true for a lot of artists like if mm -hmm. you if you jump on it like you know if you've never drawn batman before issue one compared to issue 20 like there is a jump not to say like like the art's like you know oh it's gotten incredibly better mm -hmm. like you said like they're more comfortable drawing these characters over and over again so they can like do more free things like the action in volume three is considerably better than the action in volume one but it's oh, not yeah. like volume one's action is bad or anything mm -hmm. like that's that is a that's a really good point and even with yeah. um jumping into volume four for a hot second even the emotion like the emotions that are that o'malley draws the expressions are 
a lot more vivid. They're a lot more bright. They're they're not not to say that the emotions in volume one are just like flat, they're stale or anything. They're not. It's just that he has a lot more. There's uh, I feel like there's a lot more facial expressions. There's a lot more anime uh, anime bits. Like ju- once again, jumping ahead into volume four when he finally finds out that him that Ramona and Roxy dated, and his face goes, "You had a sexy face." Like his eyes are bulging. He looks like an anime. Char- he looks like a anime slash cartoon character with his mouth just like wide agape. Or when he gets the job, his the smile and let's just like, "Yay, I did the thing." It's very like he's more it's more expressive and you can tell it's easily to see what emotion the character has so yeah yeah he gets to, he, he can experiment more because he's used to drawing the normal stuff so like okay i've mastered this part let's try to do something a little kookier a little zanier you know a little more out there uh and, mm-hmm. and that every volume subsequently like gets better in that regard yeah i think that's yeah. i think that's a great point ben because it really is just this comfortability with the world as a whole yeah and thus the characters really starts to come through volumes three, four, and going on and on. I, I think it get, just gets better. Um, and that he feels the freedom to be more creative uh, is very evident. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll close the book on volume three, The Infinite Sadness, unless there's any last thoughts on that one. Great, great. I, great I wanted to, we, you guys were talking about it for at length, and then I, I, was, I had a few things, but you, I'm just going to echo what you guys were talking about. But when Scott talks to Knives, yeah. It was a very much a oh hey so look we shit on Scott a lot in the in these books because he, he deserves it he is a bad person but yes. him being a nice person and him essentially admitting fault is like look I know I hurt you I shouldn't have done that but um you weren't oh you were, it wasn't cool what Envy did and essentially him trying to comfort her as a friend I'm like wow there's like a step in maturity for Scott there and then of course. She, yeah, like like you said, Sparks. Any any affirmation a seventeen year old gets, it's like it's like Jim Carrey. Like, so you're telling me there's a chance? And yeah, and Scott being like, no, 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 I'm shutting that down. But I'm I just want you to know that you're better than her and her being envy, and that wasn't cool. And it's like, look, I got your back as a friend. And I'm like, oh, that's actually very mature and nice for Scott because a lot of times with his exes. Kim being the exception here, he just runs away and doesn't want to talk about him anymore. Or he right. completely forgets about him. I like Kim. He's like, oh yeah, we we dated, we did some stuff. And then the whole I had to fight all these dudes is like, I mean, yeah, you did have to fight a bunch of dudes, but I don't remember the purple guy. Sure. Like he's exaggerating it, but like there's mm-hmm. also you don't have to like yell and be a dick about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, overall a good volume really like it think mm-hmm. it expands the world and the characters very well and mm-hmm. leads us into volume four very well uh are, are you good ben yeah i'm good all right let's go to volume four scott pilgrim gets it together let's go to the beach uh yeah it's time for the beach episode beach um, episode which is great uh uh brian Lee O'Malley is a big fan of his anime and his manga so of course you get your beach episode uh mm-hmm. for a moment everything is just kind of nice for a little bit um in the world of scott pilgrim Things are a little brighter. Things are a little more hopeful. That's a, that's certainly the way that Scott's looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we get a lot of good stuff in this book. Um, in broad strokes, like this is where um, I know you appreciate yeah. this, Mister. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Of course, I do. Yeah, yeah. The big, the big, beautiful opening with the Sonic style emblem. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's great. Uh, 
this book in broad strokes, uh, we finally get that development on Lisa that we've been talking about alluding to in a lot of other pieces, uh, talking about Scott Pilgrim. This is the Lisa book, uh, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, for for a little while, if you go to the back of, of the volume, you'll see that he debated Lisa being on the cover for this volume. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. iterations. Um, and yeah. ultimately mm-hmm. decided that, that was that wasn't quite right for the story. But uh yeah, Lisa is is focal, very important to the story mm-hmm. in this in this volume. Um and opens up a lot of things between Scott and Ramona. Uh we also get uh the subplot about Knives' dad coming oh. after Scott as well. Yeah. The, the, the silent killer. Yeah. Um, and of course, this is uh, Roxy's book. Um, so we'll we'll get into all those things uh, uh, before we go through and like pull out specifics. You guys, any broad thoughts uh, this volume in particular? Uh, I kind of gave it at the front, but like yeah, yeah. this this is so far my favorite volume because like this is where like again, not that the book hasn't had it, but this is where a lot of like the the real history and like the maturity starts to seep in. Like especially the stuff of Lisa is like super real. It feels like mm-hmm. super real and like especially the stuff with like her coming back and the way Scott treats her and like the stuff with Ramona and like her ex and like it starts to like it's always been kind of like a fun comic book like drama but like this is where some it just turns into like a real drama at times. I agree. Yeah. And I'm like man like this book is popping off in this book. I, I agree with you. There's something of a tone shift. Yeah. Not, not a full one but definitely like everything before now has felt like of kind of like video gamey and anime and and like you know there's a lot of action and fun and humor and yeah. stuff and like obviously there's some serious stuff going on under the surface of a lot of these characters but because most of them are burying it or it's still a mystery to be revealed all that kind of stuff it's all staying very much even as we dealt with envy in the previous volume very much kind of uh above table people aren't getting into the nitty-gritty of their deep deep emotions yeah. with each other um and in this volume that's no longer the case uh we we have to get into real personal real serious uh emotional things and that that lisa opens the door to that yeah for both scott and ramona um that that has to be on the table now and it definitely mm-hmm. feels like like scott and ramona are dating each other but like it doesn't feel like they're committed to each other yet. Right. Like they're kind of just like, this is a relationship we're both having and we're having fun, but we're not really like, what's the future for us really? And this is the volume where it's like, what are we doing? Like, are we, are we going to be together? Uh, Is someone going to cheat and ruin everything? Like this is when like, it really becomes, it feels like, you know, like an adult book almost while still being the same book we've been reading. Or at least their, their relationship goes from dating to we're in a relationship. We're in a relationship. Yeah. 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 Yeah, This is now like, we're going to move in together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, We'll, we'll start off with just like a banger Julie moment. Uh, Scott saying that he wants Lick's burger. Uh, oh, at yeah. the beginning, <laughs> and Julie being like, uh, "Excuse me, whose birthday is it, you jerk?" And he's like, oh, "Damn it, what do you want to eat?" Licksburg. <laughs> Julie, Julie just like hates Scott so much, and I kind of love it, uh, to be honest. Um, let's uh, continue moving forward. Um, we get a lot of allusions to like, why are we letting knives drink? Yeah, what's with the under? Yeah, which is like a great, great <laughs> question. Yeah, it's um, and like uh, again is the person who calls it out who's like, uh, why are we okay with this? <laughs> it, it's uh, even I'm just like, uh, huh, this is weird, but okay then. Uh, uh there's a great line where they're singing like, uh, uh, Stephen is singing a song, uh, yeah, it's this page, uh, yeah, it's, it's this page, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's where Julie <laughs> says the song is about me, people, he thinks I'm a total bitch and a half. Um, and everyone else is like, oh my God, does she not know? And Kim's like, <laughs> but it's such a good song. You're missing it. 
sorry, not Kim, Knives. Uh, the narrator yeah. is sad and hurt, see, but the girl thinks it's all about her. Don't you get it? It's brilliant. And that's when Julie's like, yeah, okay, should she be drinking? <laughs> yeah, she, she, yeah. Uh, I love that moment because like one of my favorite memes of the last couple of years is, does he know? From the the uh, the Batman, and I'm like <laughs> right there. Turn to that moment of does Julie know she's the bitch? Yeah, uh, I think that's just really she's clueless. Uh, there's it. there's yeah. a small but I think critical moment where like we do a lot of like Scott not being accurate about himself or how he portrays himself, and like I don't drink, and everyone's like, oh yeah, right, okay. Um, but Ramona does this too. Again, talking about them as parallels, Ramona says, "No, ew, I'm a vegetarian." And he says, "I I saw you eat a chicken shawarma like two hours ago." Oh yeah, well I'm not hungry. And <laughs> what? Like we don't focus on it, but like Ramona's also just playing like bullshit out there sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's true. Um, oh, this moment is yeah. So we gotta talk about the drunk so making out. Of, interesting. Of knives Chow and Kim Pine. I've kissed the lips that kissed you, as she she says that again. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, a good, that's like her favorite. That's like her quote. Mm -hmm. Drunken making out and unfortunately the worst possible person to have seen them do it. Sees yeah. them do it. Which yeah, is yeah. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm yeah. making do crazy things. But like uh, Kim, um, I can only imagine the state that Kim is in at this moment where she's like, yeah, I'm going to make out this teenager. <laughs> so the only yeah, yeah, the only I, uh, total shitty thing about this uh, to me is is Scott just being a shit heel about it? Yep. Um, throughout the rest of the volume, he constantly just saying things to Knives like, "Oh, hey, do you want this poster of these two girls making out?" Yeah. And like Scott's just like the most. I've got a secret, and like and I he know definitely it. blows it later on too. Like I don't remember who it, but he just like says it to somebody, and I'm like, Scott, dude, come on, come on, what are you doing? I don't know exactly how to feel about that certain scene. I mean, when I first read it, I was like, oh, no, because it was definitely a different time period. And, and it's like, that's a, a minor. That's a... In, uh, well, yeah, the drinking, the underage drinking is not a good look. Um, I, mean, I know uh, later on the book, I know later on the book when um, like Julie calls, I was like, why are we letting knives drink beer again? And Stephen says, it's hilarious. And then there's like a little author's, there's like a little uh, author's note saying, it's like, Stephen is lying. Underage drinking is not hilarious. Yeah. Um and we will never speak of this again. But underage but underage drinking does happen. Um, I mean, I have not underage drinking. Uh yeah. I do think it's important to note that um Kim is one or two years younger than Scott. Is she? Uh so is closer she to yeah, uh, I she's well Scott's 23. Oh, okay, okay. Uh so Kim is either 21 or 22. Okay. Um so the the age gap's not as severe, uh but it's still there. Um But what but, but the, the, the to make out with knives who is who is scott's ex as well yeah yeah like just like it's like i'm just like and we never talk about it again either so i'm just like we never talk about it again in this volume what oh that well there. <laughs> okay then there, there's my answer that's all i needed to know that's okay that's what i'll say so we never okay. talk about it again in this volume because like on that page there's like a beautiful like calligraphy of like and we'll never speak of this again and I'm like <laughs> that was just like a drunken hookup you know they were in their feelings whatever but like we will get into it apparently. So there you that's the I think that's not O'Malley saying like that's that we'll never speak of this again in the comic, but more like representing the character's desire of like we're just gonna move. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mistakes are made. Yeah. 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 Um we get uh Scott gets a job. Yeah, Scott gets yeah. a job. He just <laughs> he, he, go do I have to like work? Yeah. Do I actually have to like do stuff? Like him, like going to so many places, and not he just a goes job. and get in. Everybody's just mad at him because yeah. he keeps getting whatever he wants, yeah, and getting the job back. 
Yeah, that's that was, if your if your wife had a face, I would punch it in the balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes to like the coffee place to see if he can get a job. He goes to any place, and then he goes. To, it's a burger place. God, that's one of my favorite. He when he walks in and he's looking for Stacy and doesn't get Stacy. It's he gets knives. knives. Right? Yeah, yeah. Knives is working there, and then Scott. It does the thing where like Scott realizes for the first time that not all second cup exteriors lead to the same interior. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, oh well, I gotta go. And, and he just like, like turns like, around and Starbucks. And like, and he's always thought that it's just one same one, whatever location, yeah. like it's a very video game, it's like a portal, whatever, whatever outside shop I walk into, it's the same inside shop <laughs> with really the same good. people working there. And then Scott goes, oh, wait, that's not how this works. Yeah. It's like a Pokemon <laughs> where you walk into a Pokemon center, you see, and you see the same nurse joy, but it's not exactly. the same nurse joy. Yes, exactly. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead, Ben. Uh, no, there. Uh, of course, we see like it was Lou two in Volume Three where Scott was fighting the 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 poster girls, and then in Volume Four where Scott and Kim are talking, Knives' dad just slices a bus in half. Oh my god! And then yeah. Scott takes Kim, and they go use a subspace portal to get out of the um to get out of the fight. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Uh, it's like it's a very because uh, I know I rem- I kind of sort of what happened remember what happens in later volumes but this is also a good catalyst to where scott and kim are finally figuring out their feelings and their mm-hmm. like and their complicated let's just yeah theirs is a very complicated relationship or yeah, complicated you, because, get the, you get the hand grab yeah panel. it's it's very it's not just like a quick it's like hey like I, hey i'm grabbing your arm and we're gonna go it's very like o'malley focuses on like the hand holding because it's like okay something's probably gonna be here yeah something's uh, I, probably I gonna bring up i think you're right in the sense that this is at volume four he's building the blocks that are going to lead to like kim and scott actually having a conversation with each other yeah. about their past yeah um and and in volume four that feels very strong i do think that the knives and and kim kissing thing that's also part of it yeah, um, yeah. these mm-hmm. are all things that are pushing kim more into scott's mind mm. onto the table of what he's thinking about mm-hmm. um and it, it does feel very much like they're prepping kim for and like lisa too lisa coming in and lisa being so connected to kim kim being so happy to see lisa again and and that being like his oldest friend's connections mm-hmm. um it's pushing scott towards what what we know is coming eventually is a conversation with kim um, yeah. and a reconciliation over the way he treated kim yeah 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 and even uh, uh, like scott oh sorry ryan but no, also no. a lot of the times especially in this book volume three and in volume four uh, ramona is talking about like where's kim and scott's like what do you want to know so much about kim she's like i like him i like him a whole lot mm-hmm. and and then of course when lisa gets into the picture and ramona wants to know about lisa scott doesn't provide a good answer and that makes ramona even more jealous so yeah. it's definitely a a very weird dynamic between them where scott is like just I don't want to say Scott is jealous of Kim because Ramona keeps talking about her. He's just very confused. He's like, but why though? And it's like, dude, you're an idiot. Yeah, She's maybe just, she just likes what's like she thinks Kim's a cool person, wants to be her friend. Like yeah. truly, truly, like I'm I'm not saying this is in the text going forward. Um, this is my interpretation of things. But uh I, I would argue that Scott has dissociated himself so much that like Kim, who's in the band and Kim who Scott dated are not the same person to yeah. Scott the same way mm-hmm. that like 
the second cup interiors are not the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it, point. It, right. It's Scott does not recognize Kim I dated in Kim who's in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's part of the problem. That's that's part of the problem is that he doesn't see her like that. So he doesn't understand the interest because he's like, she's just Kim, the drummer, who doesn't like me very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, oh yeah, we also have a history, but it's not important. Like Scott's fully locked that part of it out of his brain. Yeah. Um to, to continue on that, that point yeah. of like of Scott, um, when he's talking to Ramona at, at lunch, uh she's she's like, You don't know really anything about me. And he's like, Yeah, you know, you're like you're it's, it's in a good way. It's like you're alluring. He's like, We've been dating for like four months, and the best you can come with is, is I'm mysterious. Yeah. Shouldn't you know me a, a little bit better by now? And he's like, I do, I totally know facts about you and then like you know the number of evil exes you have. Like that's what he knows about her after four months. Yeah, and I'm like, which a, you'd probably try. Well, well, I'm like, and again, you get the window into Scott's mind. Like he says, like I can't know your age. How am I supposed to? Your age is unknown because <laughs> he just ask. He reads the descriptions we see in the book, which says age uh, unknown. That's yeah, how yeah. he interprets it, and he never goes beyond that. Yeah. Um. And so when he finally asks, she doesn't want to tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's very I much. I was worried that that like because again I don't remember now knowing I didn't read volume four like like I like this could be completely different from the movie so I'm like I don't know if they're even gonna like be together or whatever mm-hmm. and I'm like this feels like Scott's like slowly losing it a little bit uh, but he gets it he gets it he gets yeah. it together yeah yeah but also this is where because there have been snippets of Ramona being not the greatest person yeah. in the world I mean obviously volume two volume three volume now volume four where like where she's straight up telling Scott like Scott just ask how old I am and Scott just takes his pause and finally goes okay well how old are you and she goes I'm not telling it's like really you good straight up say it's like just ask me a question he asks the question and you pull the I'm not gonna tell you because <laughs> as like punishment for finally understanding it's like yeah bro, it's like okay Ramona what the hell I mean not to spoil, not to completely spoil the end of the book, but he does find out. It's a really sweet and tender moment, but yeah. it's still, it's just one of those things where it's like, Ramona, you're also being part of the problem. I mean, yeah, Scott is the problem, but Ramona's not helping. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a. Uh, I'll just bring it up here. Like, there's a little subplot about uh, Joseph comes back again, the cool roommate. Oh uh, yeah. And like, he's gonna help them record because, uh, their music. Kim is moving in with Holly and Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Steven's connecting with him. And he's like, oh, you got all this equipment? Shit. Let's record an album. Yeah. And like, well, you got a recording studio and it's just his bedroom with a computer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's really good. And uh, Joseph constantly says like, wow, you guys kind of suck. And then they slowly like over the book get better and better. And Scott at one point is listening to his own music. He's like, whoa, this Ross, who is this? And I'm like, Scott, it's you. And uh, that was really, really funny. I still doubt that for a bit. Who is this? Like, It's us. This is Sex Babam. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, it, all the bits with that are really good. Uh, particularly, I love when when Joseph agrees to do it for Stephen. He says, "Okay, I'll do it, but only because I find you attractive." And Stephen's like, "I could live with that." Yeah, <laughs> and it's helping move boxes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for me, like a lot of those shots of like cutting into the the room and Julie's on the bed and and Scott and Ramona are on the bed and they're hanging out. Boy, does that take me back <laughs> um, oh, to sure. like high school of like kind of you don't really know what to do or where to go and like we weren't necessarily recording music but like we're sitting around in in like full-blown context we're sitting in jeremy's garage yeah yeah. um which is his room 
and uh like we're we're some of us are sitting on the couch a couple on his bed and he's at his computer and sometimes he's playing his music and we're all just like hanging in there but we don't really know what to do with the day um, i did that i absolutely had those moments yeah 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 just like go back to like yeah. he's captured that very yeah. well uh and i love um like when it's like when ramona and kim are like on the bed and they, they fell asleep like anytime that there's dialogue it turns into like like uh like pixelated words because like they're yeah. kind of, they're not really hearing it i'm like it's just a nice little touch uh, uh that i appreciate yeah where they're totally tuning out yeah, yeah yeah i think that's really good you get um in this volume we get a lot of the bars the video game bars for things this is where the p bar joke comes from mm -hmm. this is the thirst and cash <laughs> i'm so bar. thirsty thirst is high cash is nothing yeah yeah he has a couch with a face on it in his pocket I'm like yeah, the contents, the contents of Scott's uh, pocket at the mall is all a cute bit. And again, mm -hmm. another like, this is how Scott's shitty sometimes. Lisa shows up and says, oh, hey, we should go grab, like, we'll get into more Lisa stuff. But like, the key thing right now is she shows up and she's like, oh, hey, let's go grab something. And he's like, oh, man, that's great because Lisa's going to buy him food. Yeah. Mm. This is Scott. <laughs> and like, when Scott's out with Ramona, who's buying the food? And this Ramona. is constantly like having to look at this yeah. and be like, God, Scott, what and are you she doing? she makes she makes a remark of like, oh, you know, uh, the small it's, it's a bunch of like slutty little teenagers, and then like Scott sees that she's wearing a dress yeah. and he associates that with her yeah. now, and yeah. I'm like, slutty. Oh, uh, he looks down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Brian Lee does a really good job of focusing on that. I really like Lisa in this book, man. She's Me she's too. she's so charming. Uh, maybe a little bit of an enabler, but like you know, she's still really good. A little bit, yeah. Um. Yeah, just seeing Lisa, like, seeing Lisa come back and just, like, it's one of those moments where, I mean, I've, I'm pretty sure we've all had moments before where we're out and about, we're doing our thing, and then all of a sudden someone calls out our name and we look up and it's this person we've known in high school or we haven't seen in years just because, mm -hmm. you know, life took over. And, you know, the universe has you converge at one spot. It's, re it's a really cool moment. But then, of course, Scott completely forgetting about Lisa and then like this like Lisa Miller from high school and he goes oh yeah yeah of course I remember and he's still kind of aloof about it I'm just like oh my god I if it's like even when Steven still like later in the book when Steven says if you're if your life had a face I kick it in the balls it's like no I help I do the same thing yeah he also Scott does a thing that I know I've done where it's like hey Scott remember me he's like oh hey guy uh, hey man I don't know your name what's up dude I'm like yeah I've definitely <laughs> done that. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, there's a good comeback with Lisa on the uh, how old is she thing uh, with Ramona because she asks Scott, which it had just come up, mm -hmm. and she's like, Yeah, I know it's a pretty tough question. And Scott is frustrated that he can't answer it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. To Lisa's credit in this story, you know, uh, Lisa, we know, uh, like Scott. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And Scott didn't ever acknowledge it, didn't recognize it, yep. and got together with Kim. Yep. Um, which ultimately it seems like Lisa just kind of learned to be okay with because she liked him. Yeah. Uh, and is all in all a pretty good person other than wanting to get Scott to cheat on Ramona. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, but outside of that, she seems like a pretty, pretty nice person. So she, when she runs into Scott and Scott is giving her this attention, as she says later, she's like, yeah, I was, uh, I, it was laundry day and I was wearing this and I, I felt weird about it, but then you were so into it. I wanted to keep dressing like that for you. Yeah. Um, because she still likes Scott. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she, importantly, is liking a Scott who was the Scott before he dated Kim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Because when you meet a person like that, like you're not you're not liking that person just inherently off who they are now. You don't know them. 
Yeah, you're you're liking who they used to be. Right. And so Lisa's right. Lisa's doing all these things. I really like that scene later, like getting into it, because I, I I love that scene. But the, the bit later where she's saying, uh uh I and even now, like he's like, Oh man, I'm a lucky guy. You're wearing the nightgown and everything. And she's like, This is just something I this is what I always wear to bed. And he's like, Oh, really? And she's like, No, I threw it on before you came over. God damn it, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like that Lisa has to admit that like she's doing all these things to attract Scott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really hard to do hard to admit those things lisa starts hanging out with like the whole group again uh, uh and kim loves it yeah yeah it's great oh, yeah. Kim comes alive uh and and uh somebody says like oh yeah she, yeah she plays like she played like the skank in some tv show or something she's like yeah it was just some crappy Ken- canadian tv show nobody watched and she's like being really modest and kim's and like it's like in fear yeah and and kim's yeah. like modesty she's moving to the city she's gonna be a star julie's like whatever yeah <laughs> yeah and then, of course, I, I like Ramona is, Ramona is just like all like, hmm, like instantly suspect of of Lisa she, and everything. She isn't. That's the thing. I don't think she not is. at the beginning. Scott right. is afraid. Like mm-hmm. the panel that it focuses on, like, uh, is Scott freaking out about Ramona talking to her, but not necessarily that she's not getting the pings yet. Yeah. Right. You know. She's not on alert about Lisa. It's because Scott's being weird about it. Yeah. That she gets on alert about Lisa because Scott starts, keeps being like strange about talking about her, about Ramona knowing her, um, which is like super sus from Scott. He hadn't done anything other than like look at her skirt and he's already acting like nothing. She's not even one of his exes. Yeah. No. Like Scott's being super weird. Yeah. The fact that Scott is just so this this i i sorry trying to get my thoughts straight here because there's because right now there's a whole bunch of things i want to talk about and my brain is just like oh this this and this so yeah we've talked about before constantly i even said it earlier in this own in this own episode about how horrible of a person scott pilgrim is like even though he is our here quotes hero and we follow him throughout the entire book he sucks he is not a good person and the book is partially his journey of of emotional maturity of him realizing he sucks and all this other stuff. But yeah, Scott Pilgrim sucks. The fact that he is so weird and he doesn't even remember one of his best friends. And even going back to volume two, when Lisa just lets herself into the house and she's trying to be friends with Scott and Scott Mm -hmm. doesn't want to, it's like, yeah, we talked for a hot second in front of the principal's office, but then I was just like, leave me alone. I'm playing my video games. It's like, dude, just like, how dare you uh, like this like at least get to know this person or at least set some ground rules or just something and the fact that this like yeah like you said sparks lisa isn't one of scott's exes lisa was always a friend to scott he was like always chill like the fact that he's freaking out it's like you shouldn't be nothing happened she was one of your close friends you should be like yes this is one of my greatest friends from high school lisa and I will give Scott a little bit of credit in the beginning, like when he's talking with Lisa at the mall and he says he does have a girlfriend. So Lisa does know that Scott's right. in a relationship. It's not like he's trying to hide Ramona or anything, which sure. I'll, I'll give him that. Unlike but, he did with knives. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike he did with knives. Um, yeah. It's still just, uh, why are you freaking out? Cause I, well, a lot of times when I don't, I don't know if you guys do this too, but when you're, I, there are times when I'm reading books like Scott Pilgrim stuff that, like high school, like early twenties relationships BS that pops up. I try to think of a relation to stuff that happened in my own life. 
Mm-hmm, like sure. when my fiance and I first started dating, I introduced her to one of my oldest friends who happens to be a girl and thank they get along swimmingly. It's like if I were to introduce the person I'm dating to a person who's been a very major pillar of my life, it's like I want them to know each other and know about each other because it's like mm-hmm. I still want my old um, elementary school friend to be involved with the stuff that we're doing and also to hang out. But even she and I can go out to like because we have like lunch. We have days where we just hang, go to lunch, hang out, we talk, you know, catch each other up on our lives. But at least my fiance knows about this, mm-hmm. and of course, because she knows the person in question, she's totally chill about it. It's definitely a thing that, like, I think, like, in, like in the year twenty twenty three, like we we've kind of gotten over that stigma of like boys and girls can't be friends, you know, that kind of bullshit. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, like when if you are. If you are someone of the opposite sex and you have like a best friend of the opposite sex and you get into a relationship, then sometimes that other person will become jealous for no really good reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I like, I, I like, I'm not going to say you guys been like, I've been there. Like I get it, but it's also, I was younger and like, I was in a mentality of like, Oh, that's a dude. He wants you. And I'm like, it's not, Oh, that's not always the case. Like sometimes it is, but it's not always the case. You know what I mean? So it's like, it is just a thing of like, being young and just like being naive and just thinking like oh, yeah. the world's out the world's out to get well, you and also like media steering you in that direction yes like it, it has true. been like an oversaturation of media making you think that that's a problem that's true which again is one of the reasons i like scott pilgrim because they're saying like actively this mm-hmm. is not the problem yeah the problem is that scott saw lisa like that immediately started sexualizing her in her in his mind yes and then started being weird about it because he was doing that yeah um mm-hmm. and like that's the problem that's true um mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think O'Malley knows how to handle this stuff really, really well. And I do think like it's an oversaturation of those kind of relationships and dynamics that is like that that enforces that idea like you can't be friends with these people. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh Yeah, Scott is being weird for really just no reason. Like he he he's he's luckily he's getting he gets better. And Ramona's getting yeah. fed up with it, um, as highlighted by like I, I really like this bit where she's saying, Scott, maybe you should get a job so you aren't always fast asleep when I'm working okay. I'm sick of yeah. excuse me, I'm sick of this too. I want and it gets cut off by the phone ringing. But she's in Scott's dreams because she's working and she's ending up in the subspace. Yeah. And she's trying to express something she wants. She's frustrated. Uh and so mm-hmm. wants Scott to get a job and he finally starts looking for a job. And it's mm-hmm. it's he gets a, it takes a while to get a job, but he gets a job easier than i've seen anyone else in my life get a job he just walks into the burger place and then he and then like yo okay hey hey janet can this guy have a job yeah sure yeah i got a job 500 experience yeah, i'm like right. and then he immediately gets fired <laughs> but he comes back it's, it's that whole thing is hilarious and he oh, keeps yeah. forgetting to tell ramona he got the job yeah <laughs> he keeps just like god scott's a mess in this so they also keep eating at this place together um uh, I forget. Sneaky D's. Sneaky D's. Yeah. And uh, you know, again, like Scott's eating there a lot with them. He ain't buying it. Yep. Like it's just there's a lot. I think there's just a lot of focus on Scott eating out in this volume in particular, and like at the expense of other people. Oh, there's all uh, the stuff with Wallace and the landlord. Yes. All that stuff is great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that's really good. Wallace has some great bits, like uh, uh, when Scott said, "You know, my mom said that we should buy some of those Tupperware things." You listen to me. I'm the one who tells you what your mother says. Okay? <laughs> That's me. I say what your mom says. Wallace is so good. And again, I hear Kieran Culkin's voice now yeah. for Wallace, and it makes it so much better. It does. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, the the heat wave bit where he's trying to take care of Scott, but he comes back and he's drinking the water, and Scott's just, water, Wallace. Wallace, can I have water? Wallace. <laughs> so good. 
I love it. It's just like, dude, get up and get it yourself. But yeah, it, it's once again, it's Scott. He there are times where he does some of the dumbest things in the world, and you're just like, uh, you're looking, you're a lovable so, idiot. Stephen Stills sees knives, and he tells knives that they're hanging out. What? Why? It's cool. It's nice that he's like being nice, but like, does Stephen need to be inviting teenagers? Like, like. Like I found that interesting. Like, like a bad or good thing. I think it's interesting. I think it's, like, because he knows the relationship with with Scott, and like, why would he invite her to hang out with all these twenty year olds? Like, it's interesting. So, so we haven't really gotten into Stephen much as a character. Yeah. Um, Stephen is super absent minded about like relationship. Okay. Dynamics. This okay. is why he's okay. constantly screwing things up with Julie. That's true. Okay. He's constantly pissing her off because he's like, he is social dynamic like dumb. Yeah. He has no observance of like the ten. You know how it'll be like, dude, check the room. Yeah, like, yeah. check the vibe. Read the room. Steven cannot do it. He doesn't he have a thermometer. He his life. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, he, okay. has, he has no vibe check on that shit. Even Julie yeah. is like, why are you here? How do you know my name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, why did you invite her, Steven? Like, right. that's a great like, by all By all associations, like, Knives would no longer be around at this point. Yeah, yeah. Except Steven mm-hmm. keeps inviting her out and saying, like, oh, yeah, Knives should hang out with us because Knives, like, dating meal, right? Yeah, are they still together at this no, point? No, no, no. Who I'm knows? Saying, so what Stephen does is yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I, I, yeah, right. She's in the group, she's, right? <laughs> she's part of it. I don't know. She watched me play in my band once, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. And and that's and that's Stephen, and that's how like you keep knives in the story and everything. But yeah, like, yeah. it is because everyone else would just be like, yeah, we just kind of let knives go and like live a life not put on with all this early 20s bullshit that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Steven's like, no, no, no. Knives is like one of us. Um, that, that makes she's sense. A, she's our biggest fan. Okay. So Knives has to hang out. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Steven's, Steven's dumb as shit. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and in that regard, Steven's dumb as shit. I love it. Uh, there's a there's a lovely moment where um, Wallace uh, uh, is going to go to like a party or something. So he pre-drinks and he gets too drunk and he just passes out on the couch. Yes. Uh, and Scott, Ramona come home. He's like, oh, I was going to, you know, cuddle with Ramona. And he's like, oh, just pretend I'm not here. You guys can cuddle. And she's like, you know, somehow the pantsless gay man in the room is not bringing the romance, Scott. I think I'll bid you adieu. That's a really great line. Yeah, it is. And he's just like, oh, that sucks. I want to cuddle. Um, and, and then the next day they have to go uh, see their landlord. They're they're really scary looking landlord. Yeah. See, like, really... uh, to, to the point of what we were talking about with Ramona, by the way, yeah, the scary looking landlord bit is really good. Sorry, I before I change the subject, we'll do the landlord thing. This is where I mentioned when we were doing the movie discussion, you get the elevator bit. Mm-hmm. Uh that's visually recreated in the film. Pew. Um and yeah, they're they're it, it's really interesting. I really like when they get to the bottom and they don't really know what to say to each other, and they're like, Okay, cool, I'm gonna go. And he's like, Yeah, me too. See you later. Yep. And they really don't know how to talk through the situation they're in. So yeah. they just like bounce. Uh, which I think is good. Um, speaking of the Ramona and Lisa stuff, she has this whole section where she asks Scott, like, uh, I'm allowed to like like Lisa, right? Like, she's cool. And Scott's like, oh, yeah, she's great. And he's like, and Ramona's even asking, did you have a thing for her back in high school? She's pretty cute, and you guys seem to be close. And yeah. he's like, oh, what? Blah, blah, no, no. Yeah. Uh, we, You know, all my friends were girls back then, I guess. And she's like, oh, my God, you were raised by teenage girls. No wonder you're such a sensitive boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a sensitive boy. I'm rough. <laughs> 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 Scott, just embrace that you were raised by girls. It's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I love that. I love that whole exchange. But that does, I think, point to like it's not a problem until Ramona starts seeing it as a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because again of Scott's attitude. Uh, just shouting out like Brian Lee O'Malley does really great stuff with like the the work. Yeah. Uh, paneling for the video game stuff. One million. One million hours, million hours later. 
uh, and he's tired when he first encounters Roxy. And he's like, I don't want to do this. Oh my God, I've had the worst day ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and still gets her. That's very much like one-to-one of the, the movie interaction. She's not a ninja. She's a half ninja. Uh-huh. Yes, a half ninja. Um, De- oh, next time it'll be deadly serious next time. Yes. What? <laughs> that's, that's still a great line from, from the fucking movie. Uh, yeah. Um, we get into Roxy and Ramona are both at Scott's work and then he get goes and confronts them and then Ramona's like dude what are you doing here and he's like I I work here you never told She's me like, Wait, you work here when did you get a job I can't believe you haven't been bragging about this <laughs> yeah yeah um and then Scott finally puts two and two together about Roxy and figures out what she is which is visualized in my favorite way ever of a brain hatching a little yeah. a little chick going beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and then he's like oh my god sexy face <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, oh, it's Scott. Scott gets into into Ramona's bag, her little subspace bag. I have yeah. a no figure of this. That's, uh, that's Ramona, it, but with uh, Scott Scott's head poking out of the bag, which I love. I, I um, will lie. It is. It's kind of it's kind of cute with his head poking out of the bag. It's just yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of Amir a little bit in God of War. Oh sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Scott tries to escape through a subspace door, and then Roxy follows. Like, who do you think taught her that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. Roxy does get a lot more stuff in this book, which I like. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, oh, there, there's just something I was gonna say about like when Scott confronts Ramona and Roxy at work. It it's uh, like where he's where like Ramona's like, oh my god, you got a job. But she like you know, it's the way I interpret it is she sounds like she's actually proud of Scott for going oh, out getting yeah. a job. And then later, like later on, I was like, hey, how come you never told me? He was like, oh, I completely forgot. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's even when he's at um uh Kim's new place and they're recording and they're and Kim's like, Did you tell Ramona about this? And he's like, No, he's like, Did you tell Ramona about the job? He's like, Oh no, I forgot to tell her that too. He keeps forgetting, keeps doing it. There's a great running gag of Scott not remembering what the day of his birthday. Like he remembers the day but not the month. So like yeah, the yeah. 27th is always. Oh yeah, the 27th, that's my birthday. And it's like the 27th of August, Scott. So not, not my, my birthday? birthday? Yeah. I'm afraid not. <laughs> Scott. Scott. Um so, yeah. Scott, how do you forget your birthday, dude? So when Ramona does get uh onto shit about Lisa, she does start getting the pings around her head. Um she starts like recognizing something in Scott's attitude between or more pointedly Lisa's attitude around Scott uh, that is setting her off. Yeah. Um, Which leads into her not wanting Scott uh, over, even though they were just about to move in together. So he has nowhere to go, which leads to the only place I can go, the number that's in my pocket. Yeah. Lisa Lisa gave him her, his, her number to which he does the, I was, this is the point I was like, This is the point I was really, I was really like, is Scott about to regress super hard right now? Like, mm-hmm. is he about to like ruin with this relationship with Ramona? Like, I didn't, I because again, I don't, I didn't read this volume, so I was like, the fact, like, the fact that he ends up there, I was already like, this is, this is so, this is too far, man. This is too far. I don't trust you, Scott Pilgrim. But luckily, yes, he he, he blacks out and sees a bunch of. <laughs> Yes, yeah. uh, we'll we'll get into that. I really like uh, uh, when Lisa is confessing, but she everything, and he's like, "You mean you've been dressing in an unusually sexy fashion because of me?" And she's like, "Yeah, I guess that's what I mean." That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn it, Scott! <laughs> Scott loves to be to be admired. To this be is probably like honestly like one of my um, favorite scenes in the whole in the whole uh, uh, book is, and, is the Lisa and Scott conversation. And again, like talking about that closeout on paneling. 
uh, like just showing the isolated look of Scott and Lisa saying maybe we should. That that mm-hmm. that that like scared me so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like especially because like again like the way Brian Lee does like like the paneling of like Scott and all like a, a completely like blank pa- uh, uh, panel and she's like maybe we should cheat. And I'm like, no, Scott, I, I was scared to turn the page. I'm not even joking. Uh, I, I, this is like the most like worried I've been about a page turn in, in, the, in this whole book. And I was like, Scott, we can't, we still have three more volumes. Yeah, it's, what very, are we doing? it's very effective. <laughs> it's so good. Brian Lee O'Malley really gets you with that where you're like, oh God, this is the moment. This and is like, the moment. And like, there's a, there's like, there's like, again, like Lisa seems like a great girl for Scott. Like there is a situation where like he does do this and he gets with Lisa and he is happy. But I'm like, no, but uh, but what are we learning? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we're just doing a cycle. Then it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Scott in the in that blackout uh, went after Lisa suggests that has another dream. And he says, uh, I but you're everything I ever wanted, aren't you? And he pictures a both half angel, half devil Ramona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who says isn't that up to you scott mm-hmm. um yeah and roxy's in the dream yeah and roxy's <laughs> in the dream and she's like your dreams suck pilgrim yeah. um but i really like that that visualization the half demon half angel and and asking it like isn't that up to you scott am yeah. i everything you've ever wanted um mm-hmm. also scott combating like what is it he really wants um yeah so lisa explains that in the morning that no we didn't do anything because you pushed me away and started babbling about how you're so in love with Ramona and I started to cry and you tried to cheer me up and we ordered a pizza and got really loud and then my sister came out and freaked on us so we shut up and you fell asleep and I went back to the room she Scott's just why don't I remember all this I don't know you ate a lot of pizza yeah uh that was that's such a that was such a like breath of fresh air like relief moment for me yeah yeah like I was ready for her to be like yeah Scott you know you don't remember like no uh but no, like God, no. like the fact that like he's had a problem this volume i, I think it was a fine where he's like the the l word have you said the l word is a lesbian yes, right. that whole thing yes. and like he like does it like uh, like he does it subconsciously meaning like he does love ramona like actually uh is really beautiful and then there's a moment where he's like he has to go to ramona so he starts running yes, towards yes. ramona and he goes the wrong way and he's like and then he goes to the opposite direction that's yes. such a yeah there you go yeah yeah he has he's, art by brian the o'malley the, the like the determination to ramona wait, no. wrong way <laughs> no uh, he goes the wrong way because he goes to get his job back because he's he's like oh, wait yeah. he's like because the way I interpret it, he's ranked to Ramona and goes, wait a minute, there's something I need to do first. And then he goes and begs for his job back. And then Dominica's like, all right, fine, you can have your job back. And then he does run back to Ramona. And just like you, uh, Ryan, when I first got to that scene, like the very first time I read the book, and at least it's like, maybe we should, it was just like the, it, it was one of those, oh, even I was like, oh, shit, this is a, because it's where, one of those. Where's that? What's that song, though? the one that just starts with, oh, shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> just plays in that moment over the two of them looking at London it. Bridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, uh, I I won't lie though. I kind of I don't know how how this is gonna put me as a person, but I do kind of feel for Lisa. I don't condone yeah. her saying, "Hey, let's cheat on your girlfriend." Cheat on your oh, girlfriend yeah. with me. You don't condone that. But I do kind of have. I do kind of see like this person that she's known for so long that she's obviously had feelings for for so long. Yeah. And the poor girl is just never seen other than a friend. Yeah. Where also, she like, so obviously wants more. She's willing to put herself out there 
and or just be like, look, I've been doing all I've been dressing sexily for you. I've been I've been doing all this other stuff because I try to get your attention. And even though Ramona obviously is starting to suss her out because there's that I think the third time they go to Sneaky D's where Lisa's trying to tell something to Scott, but then she gets all flustered because they're uh Neil's also poor Neil. He's like, you assholes don't show up to my house anymore. I miss hanging out with you guys. So even Kim's like, oh. we're recording now. It's like, how come we're not practicing? It's like, because we're recording right now. The, you know, Steven getting hit all up, his panties all in a bunch because there's like, we're recording right now. We have to do it this X, Y, and Z first. Yeah. Uh, just because you brought it up, it's one of my favorite bits, which is where uh, Scott and Lisa go to hang out at the house where Neil is. And he's like, I don't know where they went. Okay, Scott, I don't know why they aren't here. And now I'm dead. Great. And then they're both Scott and Lisa just standing there. And she's like, Oh my God, you killed him. And he's like, yeah, maybe we should go. <laughs> uh, ben, to, to your point of Lisa on like how like you can sympathize with her, like Scott came to her house in the middle of the night after he had right. a big fight with her girlfriend. This is her opportunity. Oh, yeah. So like, mm-hmm. it might not, you know, be like the most moral thing to do. Cause like they're, they might not be completely broken up, but like, this is someone that like she wants to be with. And this is mm-hmm. her opportunity. Like, so like, I get it. Like it is, yeah. it's, it's not on shoot your shot. It's not unreasonable uh, mm-hmm. for her to try this. Like, because he, it's like two o'clock in the morning, right? Isn't it like, it's like super late. So like yeah, 2 a.m. It, it I, goes I, back I, to I the, it. It reminds me back of the whole, the how I met your mother thing is like nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m. Yeah. It's really, only gr- uh-huh. only really good things. Ben yeah, doesn't man. follow that advice. He'll stay up till five, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> playing video games ain't bad. <laughs> the treasure. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's very much like it's understanding where Lisa's coming from. Like I, Lisa can propose it, but like the onus is on Scott. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and like, even if, even if like, it doesn't matter. Like, yes, she probably would have like had sex with Scott had Scott wanted to. Um, but she's going for it in full emotionality of like, I would rather be with you. Like, is that something on the table? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we gotta talk about the knives subplot it's not overly present this is not a knives focused book there's mm-hmm. a lot of other things to focus on like we've said but knives is there um and it's knives talking uh with the other girl and saying like uh oh, oh, no scott's not that bad i i never said that he was that bad like he's not he's he's fine he's great again yeah. like going with that 17 year old thing like still like kind of uh rosy coloring scott pilgrim and then uh being pointed out well, is that why you slashed his face on your shrine? She's like, who did that? You, <laughs> who else would care? Yeah, yeah. And then we find out that like, no, in fact, it was not Knives. It was Knives' father. Mr. Chow. Yeah. will punish Scott the, for hurting her. The deadly assassin. <laughs> and of course, it was the auntie who spilled the beans. It's like, oh yeah, I saw you out and about with a white boy and both of her parents just like freeze up. And Knives is trying to be like, no, no, it's fine. And then you get um, Knives' dad do the like the brain snapping thing, but instead it was like an engine of destruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the other thing is that uh, he doesn't know what Scott did to Knives. No, he just thinks they're dating. Yeah, mm-hmm. or like on the cusp of dating. Right, uh, but he doesn't know like how shitty Scott was. So he's still just trying to kill him for that. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, oh, <laughs> and that that confrontation ends. It ends it ends at Ramona's place, right? He yeah. so what happens is Scott's trying to run away. Yeah. So he runs into the subspace, which is where he stumbles into one of ah, Ramona's dreams. Yes. And Ramona is mm-hmm. sitting on the floor next to Gideon. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, like a good little girl, um, with a shirt that says "Merge" on it, Ooh. and she says, "What are you doing here? Get out! Uh, stop looking at me!" And she is so mad at Scott and yeah. comes kicking him out. 
And after Scott explains why he was running in there, she ultimately says, I guess that's only fair. Just forget what you saw. Mm. Um, which is our first hint of like, there's some inner stuff. Ramona's really, really trying not to uh, reveal mm-hmm. to Scott. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's when Scott confesses that he was with Lisa. Ramona starts to get those pings. She starts to shut down. She says, are you in love with her? And at the exact same moment, Scott spots Roxy having stayed the night over with Ramona Mm. and it starts to make Scott fall apart. And she says, Scott, I'll explain it later. Just go walk it off. Scott is falling apart. Yep. Tumbling down, (laughs) uh, just confused about what's happening. And we finally get our first look at the mega Scott. Yeah. Oh my God. Cool guy. And I love how it's the, no, not you. I don't need you. I need need her her. and crashes through him. Love it. To get back to Ramona. Mm -hmm. Uh, Implying that Nega Scott showed up before. Yes. uh, Nega Scott, uh, super important in the volumes ahead. Um, We'll now knowing uh, like we had our movie discussion, we've alluded to some stuff. Uh, Knowing this is all of the Nega Scott they really got. Mm -hmm. The ending of the movie makes some sense. Yeah. Like what yeah. can you do? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, just what are what are your feelings right now, Ryan? This is your first time encountering the the comic Nega Scott. I it's definitely foreshadowing. I can tell he will be a bigger character, and like this is the moment where like I can regress. I can <clears throat> I can I can you know not fight for the thing I've been fighting for. I can be I can still stay a shitty person, and like this is the representation of that. Yeah. Um. And he and he rejects it. And that, and this is like such this is such a good moment for Scott. Yes. Because then there's reconciliation with Ramona. Uh, and there's reconciliation with, with Mr. Chow in, in, in some capacity. Um, and Scott like stands up for himself and he's like, and I took a picture. It's like it's one of my favorite things Scott said. He's like, and I know we can make this relationship work. And he said a bunch of stuff, but he's like, in a black panel, I know we can make this relationship work. Like it's like the first time he's really like, I'm gonna fight for this, I'm gonna try for this. Yeah. And it's like, yes, Scott, yes, yeah, the power mm-hmm. of love, yes. Love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. And also, and I'm excited for more Nega Scott. And also, once once again, I can't once can't believe I'm saying this. Credit where credit is due. Scott does say, like, look, full disclosure, I was at Lisa's last night. And then when Ramona breaks down, he's like, but, and it actually is like, look, Wallace kicked me out of the house. You were pissed at me. Lisa was the only one who I could go to. So yeah. there was nowhere else for me to go. You were mad. And I know if I showed up, I was gonna make you even madder. It was this whole thing. And then Ramona's like, oh. Well, actually, when you put it that way, that makes total sense. I was that. Yeah. Okay. And he straight up says like, look, nothing happened. And then right when he's about to tell her that he loves her, that's when he sees Roxy. Yeah. And even when Ramona, like later on, there was a, it's kind of like Ramona's trying to brush it off. Like there's this part where, um, after the fight where Ramona's talking about how they only made out a little bit. I'm like, that's to me, that should be the biggest record scratch in the entire volume. Yes. It's just yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Yeah. And Scott's able to let it go, which yeah. I was ready for them to have like, oh, we're going to start another fight immediately. Well, and this is the big thing is, right, that like Ramona's apologizing, saying all these things. And she's like, we didn't even make out that much. Um, and I'm sure it was the same with you and Lisa. Yeah. Which also says she didn't listen to Scott. Yep. Because Scott said nothing happened. Yeah. She's internalizing. You made out with her a little. I made out with her a little. Um, so and we, I was just overreacting and we can. Yeah. Which is not what Scott is trying to convey yeah. and not what Scott should be okay with. Yeah. But Scott's also just said, I'm in love with you. And Scott's writing that. So he's ignoring it. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's a big, it's a big red flag on yeah. Ramona where it goes, 
oh, Ramona did do something and Scott mm-hmm. did. Um, and that's a problem. Yeah. 100% that's going to be a problem. Yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah. And even it's very, he... it's very, Brian Lee O'Malley does a really good job because like, it's very just like there. And because Scott's not acknowledging it, it's like you, you, who knows how much you're taking. And like, you could argue that that's playing in the same space of like, kind of the cavalierness about the lesbian stuff that Ramona herself has. We didn't talk too much about this, but the way Ramona talks about Roxy, Roxy is clearly offended with the way Ramona treats her. Yeah. That she Mm -hmm. just kind of drops her like her lesbian thing was a phase. Um, And there's kind of an illusion that Roxy is bi rather than lesbian. Um, But like there's a dismissal of it. This isn't important because it didn't mean because it was two girls. It's not relevant. That means it's not emotionally relevant to them and it means it's not emotionally relevant to uh exterior relationships like scott yeah yeah and the whole thing is that roxy's saying that's not true and you two deserve each other mm. um roxy's the person who recognizes that like yeah. there is a parallel here between mm-hmm. scott and ramona she's the first one to really dish that out uh as one of the exes and say like you two you two are the same yeah and it is it is a big <clears throat> bummer moment like i'm i'm I, I like this moment a lot i'm really happy for scott and like that they end up like staying together but like Ramona saying, oh, we only made out a little bit. Like, just throwing that line away is like, this is, oh, man. This is really important because it's one of those things where, like, in a develop, like, when you're ready to take a big step in a relationship, even though this is not the same as when Scott said, I love you to Envy in the previous volume, mm-hmm. and he just didn't mm-hmm. say anything, um, it doesn't mean the person is not necessarily that they would, that they don't feel that love too but it doesn't mean that they're in the same place to commit to the relationship that you are yeah um which is like even ramona saying i think i'm in love with you i think i'm in love not ramona saying i'm in love with you i think i'm in love i think i'm in love with you too um and that's kind of ramona wanting it right like it it very much feels like ramona wanting to be in love with scott wanting to be in that position yeah but not really being there Mm -hmm. um and uh, yeah i think a lot of like what roxy lays on the table this is also like the volume where you start to really peel back that layer of like ramona's not what she's saying she is yeah like on the surface ramona's not uh where she's saying she is like she's playing that same distance and aloofness that scott's been doing yeah um and that's starting to come back on her and the the, ultimately the thing being like at the end of this volume scott's saying he's ready to give that up scott's saying i don't want to be distant i want to be connected i want to be committed um, and Ramona's not, not there, there but mm-hmm. she wants to be. And so she's saying that's fine. And that's good. Yeah. And Scott's not recognizing that Ramona's not there. And we saw three more, <clears throat> three, three, two, two more volumes. Sorry. Five and yeah. six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very, cause for the first chunk of the series, Ramona is put on a pedestal. And it's mm-hmm. one of the things I do like about this book is also, it's like very like, Hey, be, it's weird. Cause O'Malley puts these characters like, hey, just be careful. Even the people you put on pedestals, they're they're human. They make mistakes. They do sort of they do shitty things. Like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Scott never really got jealous of anyone in the book of any of Ramona's exes because you know he just has to fight them. Right. Yeah. Whereas here come I mean, and this is the one where Lisa shows up and Scott's just like, Oh yeah, Lisa's a friend, blah, blah, blah. And instantly ramona's like at first like oh i want to know more about the story i want to know more about this but then the more ramona gets starting to get is starting to get jealous of lisa that's when she starts talking with roxy again it's like ramona's regressing back into her old ways and even when 
And once again, one of the things I like about this book, about this volume and how it go, delves more into the X's a little bit more, kind of like with volume three and Todd, you get a little bit more of Roxy and Roxy is like, she's still, she's also extremely pissed at Ramona. Cause she's like, how dare you do this? You, I wanted to be with you and you just straight up threw me to the side. And now you're saying what we had was a phase. What is this bullshit? A sexy, right. a sexy phase. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's and it's legitimate because like I do think it's less O'Malley uh playing into the shitty tropes of girl on girl essentially like being reduced down to meaningless and like mm-hmm. oh it's it, well we don't put the same stock in that as we put in like a relationship yeah, yeah. a real relationship um mm-hmm. certainly not in the sense of like the the uh, I was going through a phase in college like I think he's very pointedly targeting that on Ramona and so in mm-hmm. this instance is uh kind of a rejection of that concept and like saying this is a red flag rather than like yes Scott is treating it that way he's brushing it off it's like it's not relevant, but that doesn't that's that doesn't mean that's going to stay that way. That, that that that's not the way to treat this thing. It is a real dynamic, and it is a real emotional investment. So it is a real problem. Yeah, for mm-hmm. Scott and and they move in together, and they move in together thanks to Jason, who has a car. Who's Jason? Yep, the guy with the car. Hey, oh, I know a guy. Car. <laughs> God, I love it. It's so good. Yeah, it's such really a good. good. Bit. Well, also, um. His name's Jason Kim. Yes. And then because uh, Kim was having Jason Kim move in. Yes. He's, he's like, wait, Jason Kim? Kim? It's like, Scott, you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also, yes. uh, not, not sorry, yeah. not to share Ramona even more, but uh, even when uh, after Scott and Ramona have their whole big, like, I love you, Ramona, and Ramona's like, I think I'm loving you too, which I also brian good thanks for pointing that out because i did catch that too i'm like oh look another giant record scratch that should be like excuse me what i just borrowed my soul to you and you think um and then they're all you know they're at like this korean barbecue place to celebrate lisa you know lisa going to california to become an actor and they're like scott i thought you didn't drink and he and ramona's like no i'm making him do it and it's like that's something you you shouldn't do right like ramona is forcing him to drink it's just, just like, like Natalie envy with mm-hmm. forcing Scott to do things. Um, yeah. And implying that like, he's less of a man if he doesn't. Yeah. Same, mm-hmm. same kind of shit going on here. Yeah. It's a toxic behavior trait for sure. Yeah. And it's like, I won't lie. The ending, like the last page is really, really good. Like when Scott finally says, is like, okay, no bullshit. How old are you? And then Ramona reveals her birthday's new year's day. And that she's 24. And then, or the, then she's 24 then scott's like oh okay mine's september 27th and it's this really cute moment of them looking up at the toronto skyline like yeah i like it's one of those things where yeah this moment it's like his hand on her boob oh yeah (laughs) not that part but the the last part yeah i can't see it (laughs) no but it's yeah it's like a moment with your hand on my boobs like oops But no, like the last page where she's like, nah, yeah, this is a really nice moment. Because, you know, you get those moments with your significant sparks. I'm sure you had it with your wife because I definitely had it with my fiance where everything in a certain moment is just nice. Like you take a moment, you step back and you go, you know what? This is this is great. This feels right. This is. Yeah, exactly. This feels right. And while it's a really cute ending to note on, 
I'm still in my brain. I'm still like, yeah, but there's like these really big, like those three really big red flags that Ramona just said in the last 20 pages. And I'm just like, oh, crisis yeah. mode. This is like the, this is so, like the happiest. So like to, of, yeah. Yeah. to your point that you're making then in that, in the way he panels it, uh, it's not clear who asks, don't you just wish this moment could last forever? Whether it's Scott or Ramona. Mm. We don't see who's oh, yeah. talking. Ramona says this moment with your hand on my boob, uh, which could be in response to Scott. It could also be her being like this moment with your hand on my boob, like yeah. calling attention to it yeah. while she had been sweet before. We don't have the context to know, right? But because of that, this is more Scott's moment, right? Because to Scott, this feels right. Mm -hmm. Because she says that, she says, I think that was more your moment than mine do because of the boob grab thing. Mm. And that implies like for Ramona, this isn't that moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this also feels like, like the calm before the storm, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Like, like, oh, like, oh, oh we're getting yeah. a happy ending of a volume. Shit's about to get whack, y'all. Oh no. Oh. Uh, I feel it. Oh. I'm scared. Five and six, man. Even I yeah. it's been a long time, but from what I remember reading about five and six, it's just uh yikes. It's about to go off. Um mm -hmm. yeah. Uh I, I really like this. I really like uh everything that, that Brian Lee O'Malley does with them in this. Mm -hmm. It's it's really complex. I think it's good stuff. Um I do want to highlight, yes, I do like when Roxy is ultimately defeated. We get the nice Frieza slash where yeah, she's, uh, and she's sliding in half. She turns yeah. into, into uh, animals. Yeah. Like when you open up one of those boxes in, in a Sonic game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I, I think that uh, everything here is just uh, done really well. There are some elements where it's like uh, the Kim and Knives thing, uh, kissing, especially in a book where we're talking about like the kind of passiveness of disregarding uh, female on female uh, emotional connection and interactions and sexuality um, that will be addressed again. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Kim, Kim and Knives is not a thing that doesn't come up again okay. in some in some respect. Um, it might not be to the extent that that we would want in 2023, but sure. it's not a forgotten detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I do think o O'Malley is making a point of something, and it is a point that that happened at the beginning of this book. Mm -hmm. uh, and what does that mean? And again, like putting Kim and Knives still in Scott's orbit in an important way. Um, they're both important pieces of how Scott's ultimately going to have to address that he's made mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, while he is trying to clean up the present, there is still a lot of past shit that Scott has not dealt with. Uh, yeah, and so we're we're gonna see a lot of that. Wallace is great in this volume. I love every bit with him. Um, yeah, I think this is a really really good volume. Um, it's it's the filled with a ton of stuff that could not make it into the movie because you're like just a how. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and this is where uh, from here they didn't have the material. So yeah. uh, where where we go next? It's a uh, mystery to me. Yeah, it's gonna be a ton of fun. <laughs> I'm um, excited. Any last thoughts on these volumes uh, as we close nope. out? I'm these are I'm just. I'm so thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm loving it. I think it's just such, it's such a lovely book. And again, I've, I've said it before, but like how this book can look the way it is, but also like, like present like the drama inside of it. It's just like, it's a, it's what I love about comic books. You know, like anything, anything can be, you know, really uh, like 
uh, like really detailed, like the most detailed comic book of all time, or it could just be, you know, some cartoon characters, but like the emotionality is still there. The art is mm-hmm. beautiful. Like the art, like you've mentioned, Ben, like it's getting like more exaggerated and more fun and like they're doing cooler things in every volume. Uh, I love the color editions, reading them. I think the, the, it wasn't, it doesn't feel like a half-assed job. Like uh, uh, Ramona's hair c- uh, color changing all the time. Like it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's really so well done. Uh, and I am just so excited to get to five and six. Even the last, the last little bit where Ramona's hair changes to red, it was it it was so it looks so much like Kim's shade of hair that I'm like, yes. is that yes. Kim? Is Kim making hair him drink? That's weird. But there was panel. There was one panel where I'm like, why is Kim saying this? And I realized, oh, she doesn't. This girl doesn't have freckles. That's not Kim. Right. Yeah. And then I yeah. looked back. I was like, oh wait, yeah, Kim has freckles. Ramona. That's Ramona. All right. Cool. Her hair helps me too. Yeah. 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 Um. God, this story is just, it definitely goes twists and turns. Like when you first start it and it's just like, okay, this like, it's one of those, like those teen romance, uh, not novels, but it's like one of those teen romances where it's like, oh, guy likes girl, guys try to get the girl. Here's the little, here's the gimmick. And the gimmick is fighting silly exes. But then the more we dive into it, the more, the more character, the more character development there is, the more drama there is. And this is definitely volume four specifically is the linchpin and the, the quote unquote flashpoint where the story goes from, from like more fun and silly to gimmicky to we're getting into some heavy shit here now. Like not to say that there wasn't heavy shit in volume three, volume three was where I, I think where O'Malley was trying to gently turn us more into like, okay, here's where we're really getting into the heavy stuff especially with going into Todd's backstory or not his backstory, but, or yeah, a little bit of his backstory and especially how he treated not only uh, Ramona, but envy and mm-hmm. how he's, how he's also one big dirty cheater and goes all through all his other stuff. And now we go into Roxy where Roxy's like pissed, but she also, she's still pining for Ramona. Ramona is thinking that Scott cheated on her and made out with Lisa. So she's like, okay, I'll make out with Roxy. It's fine. But then not even listening to Scott when he said nothing happened. I slept on the couch and she yeah. was in the room and all this stuff. And like, look, I'm telling you this because I want to be hundred percent transparent and says like, look, I had nowhere to go. This is where I went. And Ramona just completely glazing over that and then giving her own big reveal of, Oh yeah, I made out with her. Oh, I think I love you. And then like sparks the allude to it's like, we don't know who said that moment. Like, this is a great, like, we don't know exactly who said it because I always thought it was Scott who said it. And then Ramona pointed out, I was like, yeah, you're touching my boob. That's why. And he's like, oh, wait, no, no, sorry. You didn't mean like that. Um, I think it is. It, I, this, I think it is Scott, but I do find it interesting that he leaves it open to possible interpretation. Um, right. It seems pretty direct that it's probably Scott. Yeah. It's probably not Ramona proposing it. And then like in a way to make fun of Scott for holding her boob in that moment. But we have no way of knowing for sure. Um, and I think the vagueness is nice, but it does it does lead into that idea that like, you know, if if it is Scott saying it, Scott's having this big moment that Ramona's not in. Yeah, right. It, it you know finally feels the- like Scott is like is is like not fully evolved, but like he's evolved to a second form, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. Ramona, it just kind of feel like she's going backwards a little bit. Yeah, uh, and you know, kind this of, kind of. Kind of, of sad. This kind of feels like this is the part where it's like the Mr. Incredible meme was like before and after, like, you know, the, like the really dark, it's like, like shaded by war and something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, if when you only watch like the Scott, when we've only seen the Scott Pilgrim anime slash watch the movie, it's like, Oh yeah, Scott Pilgrim, this is nice. And it's like those who read the books and it's like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Especially after a certain point, because now um, I'm really excited to go back and read five and six, because I do remember snippets of some really hardcore like stuff. that's like, okay, this went from a five to a 10 real quick. Mm-hmm. And just, I'm looking forward to it. I, this, this definitely proves that yes, it could have a fun gimmicky little thing in the beginning in the first few volumes, but as the volumes go on, there's more depth, there's more character development. And I can see why people love and praise these books to high heaven. And I don't want to say it's like, oh, it's a slow burn. Things get better with time. It's like every with every progressing volume, obviously more stuff is revealed, but you can tell it's like this isn't what we thought was when the start when the journey started, but you can't, but you want to go to the end. You can't wait. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right. That'll do it. Um hell yeah. Great conversation. Love going through these books. That was Scott Pilgrim's volume three and four. We will be back for volume five and volume five alone because mm-hmm. it gets meaty. The big, big boy. Um, yeah. There's just no world. There's no world. I didn't even think we'd go this long on these two, but hell yeah. Um, there's, there's no world where we cover five and six in a single episode. There is a lot of meat on three and four's bones. When I was reading this, I was like, man, there's a lot of meat. Like, not to say that there wasn't any meat on one and two, but yeah, yeah. That's the beginning of the story. Once you get more into the, the thick of it, it's like, okay, there's there's some stuff to talk about here. All right. So For th- sure. A thick prime rib. Uh, so expect mm-hmm. to see that. Uh, as we alluded to, we do have a Scott Pilgrim versus the World movie discussion, a cinephile review uh, that you can go check out uh, right now at the time of this release on our YouTube channel, on our uh, Fake Nerd Podcast audio feed. Uh, that's where it is. You can go check that out. Um, and we'll be back again with the rest of this series in volumes. Uh, and then we'll also be talking about the Netflix show for sure. Whoop, whoop. So, uh, look forward to all of that and, uh, other stuff going on on the podcast. We're still doing Monarch. Uh, there's some, uh, top 15 for 2023 coming up. So, uh, keep an eye out for all of that. Uh, like subscribe, check out fakenerdpodcast.com, all our socials, all that stuff to get your information. Uh, ben, where can people find you? Well, they could find me getting it together at Ben Maggot 27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads, where you could also find me writing for Fusion Gaming Magazine, Old School Gamer Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein in D&D Dark, which is a Dungeons & Dragons real play style podcast. And Ryan? Uh, you can find me uh, next time, taking it deadly serious next time, at DJ Tony Snark all over the internet. Uh, you can find me uh, just mentioning one other note that we uh, didn't touch on, which is that Knives Dad uh, approves of Scott standing up for himself and taking responsibility. And that makes him say, you know what, Knives? Scott's a half decent guy. <laughs> you know what? So, you could date a white boy. Maybe you can date white boys. Um, <laughs> uh, you I can find me uh, just making that point at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Uh, were you going to weigh in on that, Ben? I was going to say, I was like, I was going to talk about that. I was like, I was like when Scott was talking about how I was like, look, I never touched her. I never violated her honor. We, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He was, it was like, oh, hey, look, another time where Scott is, yes, he's telling the truth. And yeah, because it wasn't he who kissed knives. It was knives who kissed him. So it was like, yes. I, I didn't want anything to do with it. I, I don't, outside, I don't touch outside of cheating on your daughter, I was a perfect gentleman. Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Outside of yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Crimes absolved. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things is like, I'm mad at you, but I'm not as mad at you as before. And also, you're right. You did not take advantage of her. So I guess somewhat kudos, but doesn't it? It's one of those things. It's like you suck, but you don't 100% suck. 
Yeah. Yeah. Importantly, we did highlight that, you know, Knives has made all of her decisions and everything she's doing in these books, knowing full well that Scott cheated on her. Ramona still doesn't know that Mm. Scott was dating Knives when they got together. Mm. Um, I wonder if that'll come back around. Let's find out in volume five. Uh, We'll see you next time. Until then, stay fake nerds.